Hello and welcome to Explaining the Game. We are back for our second episode and we are covering the third and fourth chapter of Yakuza 0. I am Brody Nelson, I am your host, and with me is Justin Rubright. Nani? <laughs> you said you were going to do it. Hi, guys. I, yeah. Uh, Arenda Jimerson. Hello. <laughs> and Troy Williams. They call me Troy Williams. Why would they call of course they do. That's your name. That's his name. <laughs> that, that, I want that. I, that's going to be my new inter- introduction. Yeah. You're going to have a specific introduction that you're yes. going to say every time. Every time. It's almost like Keep word Roy. for word. The introduction he gets yep. beforehand. Yeah. I like yeah. it. It's a bold move. <laughs> All right. Well, bold. if you're going to stick with it, remember it. Um, going to. Thank you for joining us <laughs> once again. I assume once again, if you are... Jumping in on our second episode ever. Why would you do that? There's only one episode before this. Listen to that so you know a little bit more about the game. Yeah. I don't know why you are here. And if you're but, coming uh, from the first one, big thanks. Yeah, <laughs> big thanks if you uh, continued. Also, I'm sure you noticed we have a different name now. We completely changed that because... <laughs> Well, it's a long story. Uh, anyways, follow <laughs> follow us on Twitter at ETG Podcast. Uh, there is an official Twitter account that only has a link to the first episode on it yet, but I'll post stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll do stuff eventually. I, I'll, have but, uh, I'll have to go follow it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we, uh, like I said before, are running through Yakuza 0. The first episode is over the first two chapters. This episode is over the second two chapters, up to chapter 4. And I'm just going to start running through the summary of this game. Uh, like I said the first time, this is an open world, beat em up RPG type game uh, that is based around the criminal underworld in a um, make-believe version of Japan. I mean, it's, it's, it's real Japan, but it takes place in a place called Kemerucho, which is a fake section of Tokyo. And this section of the game takes place in a different city in does anyone remember uh what the city is called that this uh, section takes place in starts with an s um sen nope oh, shit <laughs> no it's uh <laughs> it's, it's like sar it is like, called sotenbori <laughs> Sotenbori. Sotenbori. And you can help remember that by, uh, you know, the giant building with the big crab on it in this this section? That is the Sotenbori crab. And I don't know why, but I always connect the name of the city with that crab. Okay. Uh, Sotenbori, Osaka, is where this game takes place. Uh, So it is not in Tokyo anymore. We are hours away from uh, Tokyo, where the first two chapters took place, and we played as... Kazuma Kiryu. In this chapter, chapter three, we play as someone named Goro Majima. Uh, Quite the character, very different from Kiryu, but I'm going to get right into the summary before we kind of talk about the difference of the characters. So this, we start out with chapter three, and it is called A Gilded Cage, which I thought was a great name for Mm -hmm. this chapter. Uh, so we start out with a view of this illustrious cabaret. This uh, The Cabaret Grand is what it's called. Yes. And 
we just kind of uh, follow cinematically this businessman point of view of coming to this club. Like uh, it's a it's a businessman that is visiting Osaka, and one of his associates is taking him out, showing him the town. And he's showing off, like, hey, this club is the best place you can go to. This cabaret is amazing. You know, they have hostesses, uh, which it is a hostess club. If you don't know what that is, it's they kind of provide you with dates generally. Uh, there's host and hostess clubs in Japan. But hostess clubs provide you with uh, uh, female dates. Um, and we see this associate and this businessman. They're let up and they sit down. They're like, you know, talking about this club and they, the businessman who's visiting seems a little bit wary about the place because he knows this is kind of a section of town that is well known for like Yakuza activities and stuff like that. But the associate's like, oh, don't worry. This place is run by the best of the best. There's no trouble ever here because of the, uh, the Lord of Night the manager Such of this cabaret club moniker such a badass <laughs> moniker the lord of night is what people call him and we're confused because we've never we don't know this guy it's in a different city we're like we've been playing as kiryu down in camarucho what's what's going on so we see this guy getting rough at the front of the cabaret he's feeling up this girl she's saying hey get off of me i'm not down with this and he's like uh, being all gross and uh, nasty. And a waiter uh, comes up to him or he's like the floor manager or something. And he's like, hey, we're going to have to ask you to stop and leave because that's not OK. And the guy just gets all rowdy, pushes him over. He's obviously like pretty drunk. And the club manager's like, look, we're going to have to call the the club manager. Like we're going to have to call the manager over here. And he's like, whatever, like I give a shit. I'm paying you money, blah, 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 blah. So they call the manager, and this, Justin, is where we see those alligator skin shoes. Yeah. That you were I want some. so happy about. Like the gilded. <laughs> they have the gold plating on that bottom of them. Uh, and he walks in, and we see this imposing figure uh, that is wearing like a very nice suit and tie. He's got a pulled back ponytail, long hair, these alligator skin or crocodile skin shoes with the gilded plating on them and an eye patch. Just and he's and he's a big, imposing guy. And turns out this is the club and his name. Uh, this is the club manager and his name is Goro Majima. Uh, we find out in a very short sequence that this is the man we'll be playing as for the next two chapters uh, he proceeds to uh, proclaim that the customer is king and this guy like pours a drink on him and uh, he's just going off to Majima about, you know, being a shitty customer. This man is the Karen of Sotenbori. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> a, a drunk Karen, at least. And Majima just takes it. He just smiles and he takes it. And you can tell he's got a rage in his eyes just looking at this man. And the guy's like, well, what are you going to do? And uh, Majima says he will do anything to keep the uh, the Grand Cabaret 
running smoothly. He'll do whatever it takes. You know, if the customer wants to pour drinks on him, he'll take it. He will pay for drinks. And he's, he's just the consummate professional. The customer is king in this place is what he says. Well, the guy gets rowdy anyways and tries to t- swing a punch at Majima. Majima just whoop, steps out of the way like nobody's business. And the guy just starts going for it, trying to beat the crap out of Majima. And he's just just dodging, no effort, absolutely no effort. Dodging a lot of guy. sharp choreography in that bit. Oh, yeah, the the animation in the scene. We've talked about the animation in these cutscenes before. This is one of those fully rendered, really nice ones in the game. Looks amazing, and he's just like beautiful choreography. And we actually he he dodges him, and the guy falls over and picks up an ice pick. And that's when he goes for Majima. Majima like actually physically knocks it out of his hands and that's the first time he's touched the guy in this whole cutscene fight quote unquote and this is where we get to play as majima for a short fight scene where you don't touch the guy really at all at all so the guy will take a punch at you you'll hit one of those heat action buttons and majima will just like dodge and weave and appear behind his shoulder and go can i get you a towel sir and just ridiculous things but showing off how much of a badass he is can i say uh what i love that they uh did with that is the little tutorials they give you even in the tutorials it's like uh one of them was like uh show your hospitality to to the guy like that that and you're like you're like oh okay and then in you you know you press the action button and you literally you're showing him your hospitality in a weird non-physical threatening way yeah you're you're very imposing in this sequence even though you never like really touch the guy or hurt him at all but it's just obvious that majima is someone not to be messed with as he's just like weaving through these punches and just offering a towel can i get you some ice is there anything i can get for you sir and so far we've played non-violently Majima has been a consummate professional, just like this most gracious host. And once the fight, quote unquote, is over, um, he gets the he he pretty much tricks the guy into paying for the whole club's drinks for the rest of the night. He stole his business card out of his pocket in a secret little move. And he's like, oh, you make a lot of money. You can pay for this, a- announcing it to the whole club so that he's like, like pride wise and ego wise, he can't turn it down after making a buffoon of himself in front of the entire club, by the way. That was a pretty powerful thing, right? There was, yeah. was the whole which the you know, the Japanese culture and honor and that sort of stuff of like if we kick somebody out, that's gonna look bad on them and blah 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 blah, because he's addressing the entire club at this point. Um uh we can't do that. He's a patron here, he's among the elite like the rest of you. What do we say? What can we do to make it right? He like it was the most sweet and silky smooth twist. Yeah. To like uh, to turn things in the favor for everybody and to give this guy an out. at, But at the same time, be like, eh, fuck you pay for everything. Yeah, Because he even uh, what, what's it called? Um, he, he even groveled to the guy. Yeah. He straight oh, up. Yeah. Oh, man. I forgot about that. Yeah. On his hands, on his, and, hands knees. and knees. And was like, you know, like, like, you know, do this. They, I don't want people to look at you, you know, badly. Uh, and it's like, whew, 
But this uh, this chapter is really front loaded with a lot of story stuff. So I'm going to keep busting through that. So he ends up getting this man to pay for the whole club's drinks for the night, kind of makes a buffoon out of him, even though he's the one groveling on the ground covered in the man's drink. Um, but he, he, he goes on from there and goes back to the back office. And at that time, somebody, uh, the floor manager comes up to him and he's like, hey, some guy's taking advantage of all these this free drink stuff. He's ordering the most expensive stuff. And like, it's going to like, you know, it's going to like ruin the night. Like it's going to get all the drinks gone and stuff like that. And Majima at this point kind of shows his first non-consummate professional where he's just like, Ugh, I don't want to fucking deal with this. I'll go and hide, right? Yeah, it, it just he flips a switch and he becomes just like not professional. He's pissy. He's like whiny about it. And he goes out, turns into the professional again. And when he rounds the corner, he sees this older man sitting with a woman uh, who's and the, the older man addresses Majima just super nonchalantly is like, oh, finally, you guys bring in my drinks, blah, 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 blah. But we see Majima actually kind of break his facade at this point, and he's like, could you please accompany me to the back so we can talk about this, Uh, which is very strange. And the guy's like, oh, I guess. And Majima takes this man into the back room and proceeds to, like, offer him a cigarette, light the man's cigarette. He, like, gets on his hands and knees to offer him a hot towel. But all the while showing this reverence for him, He's also saying the most, like, non, like, respectful things. Like, he's talking mad shit to this old man, like, calling him, like, a jerk. Like, why are you here, you old piece of shit? Like, he's just saying the meanest things to this guy. All the while, like, groveling and giving him things. And we're like, what's going on? It turns out this man's name is Sagawa. And he is the head of the Sagawa family in the Omi Alliance which is the rival clan to the Tojo clan, which is the clan that uh, Kiryu was a part of, which had the Dojima family in it. So we're like, oh, this is a whole other Yakuza thing. Majima is obviously associated with the Yakuza. And it turns out that Sagawa is checking in on Majima. Majima's punishment is running this club, is, is managing this club. It's his punishment for something. We don't really know what it's his punishment for. And Sagawa makes some references, and he's like, oh, you would do anything to get back in the Yakuza. And Majima's like, I'll do anything. He's like, would you kill a man? And Majima's like, whoa, I don't know about that. That's a serious thing. And he's like, I'm only joking. That It's not coming to that. And he says, you're going to pay me a shit ton of money, or else I'm going to like get rid of your best girls, And which he does get rid of one of his best girls, just because... To screw him over so he's under Sagawa's thumb for even longer, which is ridiculous. His, his other title is Mr. Owner, right? That's how he's referred to the entire time, too. Yeah. So, like, it also seems interesting that he's, like, so interested in screwing over Majima when he has already got the title of owner. He has stake I, in this business. I do think, but. yeah, Sagawa owns this club and makes Majima run it as a punishment for something he did in the past. We don't know what it is at this point. So this is kind of where we get set loose in Sotenbori for the first time. And it's nighttime, and all we've been told is, hey, Majima is going to bed. Like, he's just going back to his... Um, Humble. Oh, no, he's not He's not going to bed at this point. Um, Sagawa took his best girl, and, so, and then leaves, and Majima's like, 
I gotta get. She's like our. She she made the most money for. We gotta get someone else. Who's the best uh, hostess in the our rival clubs? The club manager uh, or the floor manager tells him it's some uh, girl in the Odyssey Club. Yes. I'm gonna dive in here with a quick of like Mr. Owner Sagawa also upped the amount that uh, would get Majima into his sort of freedom that he's pursuing. In oh yeah, managing this club. Yeah. Uh, and then proceeded to take yeah. the best hostess. So I was like, I need you to pay more. I'm going to take your, your big prize cash cow away from you. Good luck, sucker. Yeah. Yeah. He he just wants, he, he's pretty much just putting his foot on Majima's head, metaphorically. And well, not not that version, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll get into something like that later. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he, he's stepping on his toes, I should say. Um, Majima kind of goes on a quest to go, like, look at the Odyssey, scope the place out, and get this girl um, working for the Grand Cabaret yeah. that, uh, that he runs. And so he kind of puts on a disguise, which is pretty much just taking off his eye patch his and putting sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do appreciate the fact, though, that he does, yeah, his his eye is like, kind of hollowed out right there. Like you can kind of see through the sunglasses. He does not have a modeled eye. It's like hollowed out. His, his eyelid is kind of hollow. So we know he's missing an eye Mm. and we're not sure how that happened either, but we have seen some mutilation in the Yakuza before. So could be something like that. Who knows? We'll find out literally next chapter. (laughs) 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 Um, so this, this I'm going to kind of break away. This is where we are introduced to Majima's style of fighting because you're let loose on the streets and obviously random thugs run around and try to attack you. Yakuza, bikers, uh, gang members. There's what, what, what's, what's some of the names? Hooligans. Min- Hooligans. Menacing men. Menacing men. Like, that's the names of all the people that you can fight. And they just attack you on the street because they're like, yeah. hey, look at this giant man. We're going to try and beat him up. Or you accidentally run into him. Like, you bump shoulders. Yeah, or you bump oh. shoulders and they're like, hey. And then you start a whole fight sequence. This is where we uh, are introduced to Majima's style of fighting. Thug style, which is what it was called. Um, does anyone want to talk about thug style? Uh, and can, in comparison to what we've seen so far in the game, the type of fighting and stuff like that. Uh, it's dirty fighting. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't you say, Troy? It's, yeah, it's, it's dirty like, fi- I didn't yeah. like it. I didn't like you, his style. You don't like, like his style of fighting? I don't fighting. like his first style. Okay, yeah. Really? Ar- Arenda, because uh, you were, I remember, really surprised by the style of fighting uh, when we first started playing the game. Now that you've kind of gotten used to that and it switches styles on you again, how are you feeling about it and, like, the cinematics of it and stuff? Um, I I don't know. I didn't really have anything for the thug style. It was the break dancing, which is, like, the next chapter, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. We're introduced <laughs> to breaker style fighting yeah. later on. That one is um, the best one, so I use that one, like, basically the whole chapter. Uh, yeah, it, it is pretty intense. We can actually, at this point, I guess we can just talk about all of his th- styles of fighting, which we get throughout these chapters, but I can skip over them. He starts out with thug style, right? Dirty fighting. Yeah, Dirty fighting. Eyes. Yeah, like his combos are like poking people in the eyes, hitting them in the nuts. And then choking them out. And right? choking them out and like yeah. snapping their necks, which is like, you've never know. killed a man before? 
What are you talking about? You're snapping people's necks left and right. Uh, left and right. Left and right. Uh, I actually really enjoy his thug style fighting really? in comparison to Kiryu's kind of brawling style. Um, it, it just seems way more like, oh, this is how fights are. Like, Kiryu's super respectful in his fighting. Like, he's very, I wouldn't call him respectful in fighting. He mashes people's heads against stuff. But, yeah. like, when you see Majima do a heat action on someone against a wall, he slams their head over and over and over into the wall and it is brutal to watch like after seeing Majima be such a consummate professional the customer is king like treating people with like the utmost respect and then seeing him in action he is a monster he destroys he he curb stomps people he straight up he smashes their head on the cement he'll slam their heads against walls he'll poke them in the eyes he'll choke them and snap their necks like he kicks people in the stomach when they're laying on the ground. It is insane, the things that he does to these people. And um, you can eventually upgrade Thug Style to the point where you'll, like, take people's knives out of their hands and stab them and stuff. I don't know if anyone's done that yet. I, I spent a lot of money upgrading Majima's fighting styles because I really enjoy Majima. He, yeah, you can upgrade Thug Style to where, like, you, like, if someone has a knife on them but they haven't pulled it out you can take it out of their jacket in a move and stab them. Like he'll like, he'll do that whole, what we saw in the club where he'll like just kind of appear behind them, reach in their jacket, pull out a knife and just stab them. It's wild. Like you just, <laughs> it's the most brutal fighting style I've ever really seen. Um, so you, you don't like it, uh, Troy and Arinda. No, well, I wasn't a fan of it. What is it just how dirty the fighting is? I I didn't really like the flow. Okay. Of the gameplay, the gameplay it does feel a bit clunky. Yeah, I did it's, it's, it's clippy. It's it's very yeah. like it's it's I, st- stutters. It, the fighting kind of stutters. Uh, not game you, if bit, you mess yeah. up, you you don't get to do what you want to do and it I could yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and and um compa- and honestly to compare it to uh, uh Kiryu's uh first style i i like i enjoyed his first style uh quite a bit honestly it's fucking rope dope um, swinging all yeah, over the place yeah and because i like i don't know if you guys experienced this but like as you're playing a game do you guys kind of you just feel it in your body when something isn't going right when you're pressing the buttons yeah mm-hmm. um and th- and that's and, and, th- and that's what i get with uh <laughs> That's what I get with uh, Majima's first style. It, it, it just it feels okay. wrong. Well, it looks wrong when you it watch it wrong. too. It but that's wrong. but that's because of the type of guy Majima is. He is a low down, yeah. like dirty mf'er. Yeah, I, I like, like the dirtiness of it. Yeah, yeah. How the how the fighting style plays to the narrative. Yeah, yeah, man. But not the feel of it. Yeah, that's, that's real good. So moving on from thug style, he then gets his more defensive style. The slugger style, where he carries yeah, around boys. he carries around a baseball bat, and you beat the living crap out of people with this baseball bat. Justin, you seem excited. I'm gonna let you. Take I'm really excited. I love slugger. I love slugger style. It is so great, man. And you just fucking Bugs Bunny that bat out of nowhere <laughs> yeah. in the middle of a fight, <laughs> and you just. Beat the living. Yeah, hell. I'm gonna go ahead and say that is um, 
that's my number one favorite style of fighting in this game is the is the slugger is the slugger style. Um, but I will say when I originally played this game a few years ago, my favorite was the breaker style, which we'll talk about in a moment. But that's because it was so wild and off the cuff, and it's like, whoa, it seems super powerful. But I think if you really master all the styles, really, but if you really, like, master that slugger style, you are unstoppable. Like, people can't even get hits in on you. Like, it is insane. Because, uh, and I feel like you, you're you probably well-versed in the slugger style at this point, Justin. Uh, do you want to talk about the type of moves you're dealing people Oh man, there it's uh gosh, if you were to compare the three, which I know we haven't talked about Breaker yet, Breaker's got your sort of like I cover a lot of space and it's a bunch of small hits, small fast hits. Mm-hmm. Um where you can just like it's it's a uh death by a thousand cuts of sorts. Um and the uh thug style is all about setting things up to use your heat actions. And breaker style is just about hitting things as hard as you possibly can at particular moments. And then also being able to use your tool, whatever that is. At, at the beginning, it's this metal bat um, to be has, have the sort of like impenetrable defense. It's v- super versatile. It's really fun to watch because everything has like this weight to it um, that uh, it's it, there's like this crazy physical catharsis you get from just mashing the Y button. Like I want to use this bat (laughs) to knock this guy across the room. Um, And it works. Yeah. And uh, kind of leaning into that slugger style, this kind of enables you to use every type of weapon in this game as if you were a master at it. You can unlock nunchucku, nunchucks. Uh, You get uh, you get Gosh, the pole arms, you'll get, um, you get like swords. swords. Yeah, you you can get swords. Uh, it's it's it. You get a bat- you can do the batons like um mm. like the guy the tonfas the tonfas yeah you can get the tonfas like uh, we had from Odasan in chapter two, um, which they they're incorporated into this style without actually being incorporated into them, which is very strange. Um, so at this point, you guys have found weapons and you're able to use your inventory like weapon styles. Have you done that yet? Nope. I'm having too much fun with that bat. The bat, it, the bat's what comes with the slugger <laughs> style. It, it never breaks. It's always good. But if you, instead of pressing up, right, or left on the D-pad to get your fighting styles, if you press down, you select the weapon in your inventory, which you can set in your equipment. I'm sure you guys have noticed. Oh. No. You haven't gone through your menus and looked at your equipment and stuff. You know, there's like defensive items. Tutorial for this that I may have missed. Yeah, this is one thing the game never explains. I went through all chapters with no healing, nothing. I cannot believe you. I just don't. I just don't. Second, no. So and for uh, uh, did you eat? Hold on. No, I have. I don't believe you. I my brain is about to explode. For for the people who are listening. For the people who are listening, <laughs> the person our good man who's Troy, listening. the person, the people who will listen eventually. No, I'm saying like, well, it's just good podcast standards to talk to the person. Oh yeah, no, I suppose you're right. They, they're probably not just playing it on their speaker radios out in the public. Yeah. To you specifically, to listening. you whoever's got the earbuds, the headphones on. <laughs> um, 
Troy has has beaten Mr. Shakedown. No, uh, I haven't. No, 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 no. Oh, that you didn't? Me. I have beaten Mr. Shakedown. Oh, Brody's beaten me. I joined me. you. I was going to try and post my picture to the Discord, uh, which we should plug at the end of this. But um, uh, I can't I can't pull it up. And you, you got to him first. OK, never mind. Well, then screw my entire point. Uh, way to go through the chapters without healing, Troy. That's I, tough. I, do, I, mean, I just don't believe you. I, I don't fight a lot. <laughs> You avoid you stop by all the. I avoid. You fights. stop by the ramen shops a lot. No, so j- just just to clarify, how do you uh, level up then? If you're I avoiding fights, up. you haven't ever. Uh, I did. I did with Kiryu for uh, a little bit, but I just keep forgetting that I need to go in and spend my money. I am stunned into disbelief. You are a JRPG man. You love <laughs> combat systems. You love. Leveling just, up, and you have not leveled up once. I I just keep go, like I keep pushing and I keep pushing. I'm like, oh yeah, let's go to the next story. Ah, let's go. I want to see what happens. And then and then that chapter ends, and I'm like, I didn't level up. <laughs> Shit. <And laughs> you're missing and, uh, out. I, I know, and and, and you uh, and I need to go do it. But yeah, no. Uh, ju- just to say, I ended chapter four uh, with like. If if it had a number, probably like three HP. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I feel like that's some sort of playthrough challenge that you're going for. That like just a no the hit run. Need to adopt. Oh, I'm getting hit. Yeah. <laughs> Towards uh, the end. All right. <laughs> not dying. So let's move on from Slugger style. We've talked about that. I will go ahead and point out, uh, Justin, you did have so much trouble with Mister Shakedown in the first chapter, which we all had trouble with Mister Shakedown in our first, uh, but. I went and found him. I leveled up my slugger style, like, pretty good. And and Mr. Shakedown's a different guy in Sotenbori. He's a totally different guy. I went and found him because he beat me up. I saw him. He beat me up, and I was mad. And I went, <laughs> and I wandered the streets. I did side stories. I, did, I found people to fight. I leveled up my slugger style a lot, got everything you can do. I went and... Uh, did all of the training missions, got all the moves for it. Like, I have it leveled up super high. Not all the way, but, like, the first three or four rings of it are fully leveled up. And I went and found Mr. Shakedown, and I was like, you're giving me your money, bitch. And I beat the living crap out of him. Like, he he knocked me down, like, three times. I lost, like, $400,000, right? Oh, my gosh. I beat him so badly that I got nine million dollars from beating him. Ooh, okay. You know how many so Sega I games got, that is? Oh my god! That's so many <laughs> Sega games. Uh, it tells us at the end of the chapter how many like it is. A whole week at the UFO catcher or grabber yeah. or whatever it's called. Uh, um, I beat him. I did not do it the same way. I was a punk little beezy with it where i used the slugger style and it was just like bait him over here hope he charges dodge out of the way hit him once run to the other side of the fighting arena so I'll, and it took like 20 minutes i'll yeah. tell you whenever i first started fighting him i was like i'm gonna beat him so fast because i'm gonna whip out a katana i pulled out a katana oh, it does like 128 <laughs> damage or something per hit or 120 <laughs> and i was like i'm gonna beat your ass so bad mr uh, shakedown he, I dodged him and I hit him once and it did nothing. It did barely anything and I was like, oh no. I used the whole katana. The katana broke. Couldn't use it anymore. His health had barely moved and I was like, 
it's time to beat him down. Pulled out my slugger. I had leveled it up so much. I hit him once and his health like noticeably ticked down like half an inch. And I was like, yes. And I just started wailing on like the nunchuck style where you like just spin the bat and he can't get any hits in. And as soon as he went for a hit, I would block and like just, I never dodged him. I just blocked the whole thing and just started hitting the block. Him. Uh, the slugger style can actually block him until his final hit in the combo, and then it breaks your block, so you'll have to move out of the way and then just start hitting him again. That's kind of a tip for anyone playing and fighting Mr. Shakedown. Okay. Uh, slugger style, best defensive style besides beast mode in Kiryu's. But final combat style, breaker style. Arinda, yeah, you like this style a lot. Talk about you. it. I it makes me wish that you could like buy shoes in this game because I'd definitely buy some like Air Max ninety fives and just <laughs> you know spin them. They have to be eighty eights. Yeah, Air Max eighty eights. That's true. Those are uh, those are an ugly shoe. Google that right now. No offense, anybody, <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, like you could spin on your head and just like kick people in the face and. Oh. Can you tell me how you acquire this style? Um, you're crossing the bridge, aren't you, with that mm-hmm. that one guy, mm-hmm. and then you see people breakdancing, right? And you're yep. like, "Wow, I wish you know." You're like sitting so, there thinking, "Like, wow, holy shit!" Yeah, I was, I was about to say <laughs> the difference between Kiryu and Majima is right here. Majima uh, Kiryu sees people fighting in a crazy way, and Kiryu's like, "That's rad." Majima sees people break dancing and goes, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So good. I could use that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Go on, Erin. Yeah. I don't know. I I just like, I like the small hits. Like, you know. Yeah. It's very fast. fast, Really small. Like. Yeah. Doing spins, spinning on your head, doing the crazy flips and dance. You're dancing. You're break dancing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very fun to watch for sure. It's also pink. <laughs> and it's pink. <laughs> uh, You're hitting and, them and it's just like pink uh, heat waves or whatever, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um it's great for crowd control. Oh man. Oh absolutely. Because you're spinning, uh, hitting like eight people at a time. It's very good. Uh, so if that's all we have to say about fighting styles. I'm going to kind of move on to uh, we left Majima going to check out the Odyssey. He he gets in here. He kind of like detective visions this place out like he's like, oh, one of their tables was empty, but they said that it was full. Interesting. They must be holding people back to make it seem busier. And he's like going through like the whole like anime protagonist of like being the smartest man in the room and like. It's like close-ups on his face. He's like, hmm. And it's like thought process is going really fast, which you would never expect from seeing Majima, this big dumb idiot. Um, He's got that sunglass disguise, so, you know. But he's got the sunglass disguise. Like, detective mode. (laughs) That is kind of when you go into detective mode. Like, every time you wear the sunglasses. The sunglasses have all the smarts behind them. (laughs) His two brain cells. One's in his fist, one's in his sunglasses. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is uh, so he looks around and in the background of the uh, of Odyssey the club you notice a man dancing. Oh, a man entirely <laughs> nude except for whitey tidies, just hip thrusting, grinding, 
just over by the stairs by himself. There's no one dancing with him. He's just this practically nude man in a hostess, in a classy hostess club establishment. And Majima makes the point to say, holy crap, that man's like the embodiment of lust. He said, what the shit is that? <laughs> yeah, he says, what the shit is that? <laughs> He's like talking to himself like, what the shit? <laughs> Wouldn't you though? If you see, like, yeah. I, so first of all, like, I thought he was wearing a diaper. I was like, oh man, this is where the Japanese games go like completely off the rails. There's mm. a dude in the back wearing a diaper. When we meet him later, it's obviously different. Uh, but yeah, I like you have to identify or not identify, but you have to be able to relate with that. Like, if you saw that in the back room of any establishment, you'd be like, what the fuck, nani? nani? <laughs> you have shit? to go there. <laughs> So yeah, we, we, we see this man grinding and hip thrusting in the background. We move on. It just, you don't linger on it. It just moves on. I don't know why it happened, but it's it's foreshadowing, which is the, the worst foreshadowing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, we're all cringing right now. But it's so good. I, I'm going to go ahead and say I love this man. Uh, as much as I hate him. <laughs> I, we'll talk about that later. I have, before the podcast, I said, hey, I'm going to talk about all the weird pervy shit that happens in these two chapters uh, just because that's, you know, that's more for my forte. That's what I'm good at recognizing in video games is the weird pervy shit. Yeah. And then I go and I seek it out and I do all of that because <laughs> I'm a horrible garbage man. Anyways. He, he's 90% of the pervy shit. Yes, yeah. this 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 man is ninety percent of it, unless you did some side things, which we can talk about later. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we see the naked man dancing in the Odyssey. He uh, Majima then is in, confronted by the club manager of this place. They kind of strike a deal where the guy willingly gives over his best girl and another girl. We find out yes. later trading some girls from the Grand Cabaret. So it's kind of a win-win for both of them because the Odyssey needs people right now, whereas or the Odyssey needs people for later on. They need business mm -hmm. later on. And Majima needs business right now because he just lost his best girl. We move on from there. This is when we're introduced to Slugger style because we see um, this uh, Thai man uh, beating the crap out of somebody behind a shop with a sword. Uh, the man has the sword. The Thai man has a piece of lumber and he beats the crap out of the guy with the sword finds out he's like a antiques dealer slash weapons smuggler it introduces this whole system of like sending agents out for real-time missions that are searching for ingredients to craft weapons and like this whole deep intricate system i'm gonna go ahead and tell you right now i don't like this system i never interact with it ever at all that's not something i probably i probably want myself yeah, it kind of reminds me of, like, if anyone played Assassin's Creed Black Flag, you could do real-time missions of, like, sending out your assassins or your pirates or whatever to go and do things. And it would give you minor bonuses and trinkets and stuff. I don't really care about it. It's not interesting to me. Does Did anyone find this interesting? Does anyone Is anyone interested in, like, the agents and the weapons system? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm all about that set it and forget it stuff. Like I go in, I say, go find some cool stuff, build this thing for me, and I walk out. And then like 10 to 15 minutes later, I can return back when I've cleared out some other stuff within the story. I'm all about that. And then I got a kick-ass sword to boot. But you said you don't use the weapons. You just love the uh, I will now. <laughs> the explaining the game tutorial. The explaining now the game up. tutorial. <laughs> You've been explained. It, 
so Justin, uh, so have you used it yet? Uh, only a couple of times, and only, the only stuff I've gotten is just general materials and like a blueprint for a better bat, which I will now make. Can you yeah. do it? Can you do it through the menu, or do you have to go to the shop? You have to go to the. I've shop. always done it See, through the shop. That that's where it kills me right there. Like, because you don't walk by that shop fifty times throughout your search it, or whatever might be happening. If it takes town. me a little bit out of my way, mm-mm, don't want it. Either have to do it at home base or from the main menu. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, yeah. So that's where we're introduced to that. We're kind of let loose on the world at this point um, before you have to report back to the Grand Cabaret. Or I, I guess rather, instead of going to the Grand Cabaret, you actually go home after this. Uh, or yeah. you go to the Grand Cabaret, you're informed that the girl showed up, you deal with some minor like management issues. <laughs> like where yeah. a girl is like not getting along with the other hostesses. Oh, yeah. So you have to like go and talk to her and you get like dialogue mm-hmm. options. And she's like, Oh, uh, I'm not here to be in a click. I'm here to like be the best. And you have to like, you know, be like, Hey, don't do that. Fucking be a rival yeah. or something. If you want to be better, but don't talk crap on your other workers. Or, or your, make or each or other your other. Yeah. Make each other better. Which is like, again, Majima is really good at managing a club. He's really good at being a boss, but he's just a garbage person every time he's not doing that. He, right. He is, I mean, he's super like, Oh no, man. I don't he's know. He's really manipulative. He's yeah, yeah. Okay. But I guess uh, coming from the American capitalist perspective, that's how you get ahead in business, right? Like, oh, absolutely. absolutely. And he's, and so I guess what I'm saying is he's really good at manipulating his way through a system to become yeah. at the top. Yeah, no, ah. and, and I respect it for the uh, for what he's for doing. His grand cabaret. Yeah, it's when he gets out into the real world. You're like, Justin, you look conflicted. I don't know how Rinda feels because I cannot see her. <laughs> uh yeah um i don't know I, there's a weird dichotomy of character i think especially at the end of chapter two where you're kind of left not knowing especially since it's leap it's on such a cliffhanger which we'll cl- we'll come to i know but um i don't know i don't i don't know that he and maybe it's just the side missions that i took part in where he's like super paternal to everybody he deals with that's true as well he's it's very <laughs> flip-flop for him i guess is what we yeah. can say yeah um i i will go ahead and say since i've played many of these games i guess spoiler warning a little bit um he is in other games you do not play as him he, oh. he is an antagonist in many games. Is he like an antagonist like Deadpool or is he an antagonist like more so like Deadpool, but he's not a okay. he's not a good guy. OK. Um, and this is, like I said, a little bit of spoilers for upcoming games. If we plan on playing Kiwami one, which I think we're all on board with this game pretty good. So if by the end of it, we're not tired of it, I would love to just immediately jump into Kiwami one. (laughs) So you guys can see what like the original story was where you only because Kiwami one, you only play as Kiryu the whole time. Okay. Uh, And there's there's different fighting styles, but it's just two different fighting styles. And it's like dragon and crane or something. I can't quite remember what it is. Well, it's not. I don't know if it's crane. It's dragon and tiger or something like that. I don't I don't remember. Um, But Majima in future games is an unhinged madman obsessed with fighting Kiryu. Oh, and we're going to learn why. And we may learn why. Uh, But because this is a prequel (laughs) that gives you the backstory of both Kiryu and Majima. 
and Majima is a very pivotal character for the rest of the series. And he's a fan favorite, I would say. People love Majima because he's he's ridiculous. I mean, we find out through this chapter, yeah. he's he is an insane man. He's he just goes along with the most ridiculous things. He does the most crazy stuff, but he's also like kind of like heartfelt about a lot of things and sincere at the same time, much like Kiryu is. So there's that like Kiryu is like the straight man to Majima's goofy character. Almost. Even though Kiryu has a lot of goofy moments, it's usually goofy because Kiryu's such a such a stoic, straight he's, character. He's, yeah. It's yeah, goofy that he gets in he's these bored sometimes. Yeah. Whereas Majima's more willing to be malleable which, to the situation. Which is huge. That's how I would probably word it. Yeah. And that's huge in uh Japanese comedy, so the, to say. There's the straight there's man the, and the goofy man. There's the straight man and then and then the uh person that does all the wild shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a comedy trope that's been around for a long time. Uh, yeah. But they really lean into it in this game, I think. Uh, yeah. But we're getting to the end of chapter one. Um, so he goes back to the Grand Cabaret. He does all this like m- management stuff. He chapter three. or chapter three. Sorry, I, I think of it as like <laughs> chapter one yeah. of Majima's story. Uh, okay. And that's just me covering my <laughs> ass because I did say it wrong. Um, <laughs> so Majima deals with this hostess squabble and then he yeah. sees like this waiter that's like really down and out and he's like yeah. hey buddy what how you feel why why are you feeling so down are you okay and he's like goes on this long story about like how his father needs like medicine and like he can't go visit him he needs like twenty thousand dollars for a uh, surgery uh, or something uh five hundred thousand five hundred thousand and Majima the consummate professional and amazing boss that he is, like I've said, gives him the money and gives him a week off. I love that. It was amazing. It was what yeah. I've always wanted. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 yeah, but this is this is kind of where we see, like, because we saw him dealing with the hostess and we saw his inner monologue of, like, I can't have them fighting, but I need to get the most money out of them. So I'm going to say this to kind of manipulate her this way. But it ended up still working out and being nice, even though he was like doing it through a manipulative thought process like he was playing a game. Like he is playing a game of these people is what it feels like. And on that note, though, like as the people who are playing the game. Yeah. uh, I had a different take on that. Like I wasn't sure if Majima at this point, if Majima was like that clever yet. Or whether he was just really, really, really lucky with how he decided to play out certain situations mm-hmm. and then just roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. Which we find out kind of later. He is he's pretty clever. He's yeah. fucking sharp, man. Yeah. Very. Compared to Kiryu's yeah. dumb himbo energy, Majima oh, yeah. is the, like, psychotic smart man. Um, it's kind of like yeah. the, the, there's, like, the, the stoic, there's the stoic dumb boy uh, the paladin, if you will, that is Kiryu. And then we've just got this manic, clever... I don't even know how to describe my... I don't, he's, what is, what he is, is that be? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but he's just crazy. Um, so Majima deals with this, and he's like, I'm tired. I'm going to go home. And we walk him to his very tiny back alley apartment overlooking the canal in Sotenbori, and... In stark contrast to Kiryu's apartment, which they're both about the same size, they're both fairly small apartments, mm-hmm. Majima's apartment is spotless. There is nothing inside. It is barren. There's no decorations. Yeah. There's no food. There's not even, like, a 
roll thing on the ground to lay down on it's a blanket on the ground this man is, is there in, even like a tv or no it is it is i don't think so it is entirely barren majima lives in a cell of a oh. home which is very appropriate because as he walks into his little apartment or as he approaches the apartment he gets accosted by some people who worked at odyssey you beat the crap out of them and then you go to bed uh yep. but as he enters his apartment we see this barren apartment and the tone of the game changes like immediately from kind of this like uh majima is in like this bad spot dealing with like these crazy situations but he's like sincere but also like goofy and but it's you know he's obviously in a bad spot he's in trouble he's in punishment he's exiled from the yakuza and but it's all been like kind of lively right this whole this whole chapter has been like really lively and colorful music and like movement all over the place majima walks into his apartment cold barren empty he slides open the window lights a cigarette and looks out his window and we see a man across the canal in another building staring at him just doing nothing just staring and Majima looks up to the roof of that building and there's another man staring and a small watercraft passes by and there's another man staring and then we see a uh, what looks to be a homeless man that we've seen before earlier in the chapter staring at him and he nods and this is kind of when we realize the Gilded Cage title of this chapter is 100% accurate. Majima is a prison in Sotenbori. He is always being watched. He has to run this club. He has to run these errands. And we don't know really what the punishment for that would be if he didn't. But like, he, it is, he is in a constant state of surveillance. And well, it's worth it to him, right? It's worth it to him because he wants yeah, to be back in the Yakuza, which uh, Sagawa did kind of approach him by saying, why do you want to be in it so bad? And all we get out of him is that this isn't the life for him. He's meant to be in the Yakuza. Is kind of, like That's the life he's supposed to lead. Um, and that's the end of chapter one. But isn't isn't uh, like one of the last lines he says, like it, it like pans out and he says, this city is a prison. Yeah, he 100% says this yeah. city is a prison. Uh, Randy, were you about to say something? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so moving on to chapter four, um, it immediately starts out with a flashback, and we kind of see Majima's backstory, uh, what got him in this situation. Three years ago, we see a younger Majima with a bowl cut. <laughs> I had the haircut in third grade. I also Same. had the haircut in about third grade. Um, we see Majima with a bowl cut and both eyes. Uh, he seems to be making plans on a raid with uh, a, a man named Sai, Saijima, I think, is the man's name. And they seem pretty close, like like really good friends or brothers or something. And he's making plans on a Yakuza raid to go and kill someone. They have six revolvers in a bag, and they've planned out how many shots they have, and they're going to bust into this shop that this bigwig in the Yakuza, uh, a, a Dojima family member, I believe, 
right? Who's been making tr- or was it an? Uh, yeah, it is a Dojima family member because he's been right. because he's been making trouble for other Dojima family members, and it turns out we we find out Majima is a part of the Dojima family or the Tojo clan at least, not the not the Oni Alliance like we thought, which is like this is strange. They plan to show up and shoot up all these people, kill this guy. Um, and then it kind of does some flash forwards and we see Kiryu getting a warning to call it off. Like the, the hit's been called off, the raid's been called off, but this Saijima character is already heading there to do it. And he's like, he decked out. He's got a fucking pistol in both hands, a pistol in his mouth. They're in his like waistband. He's going all in on this. And we see him like badass walking at the same time that Majima is getting this news like, hey, the hit's called off. And Majima's like, what do you expect me to do? My brother is out there. He's already going to do it. I got to go. I got to stop him. I got to go join him. He's like, no. You can't go do this. We don't know who this man is that he's talking to. But he's like, you're not allowed. The The hit's called off. If he does it, he's in trouble. If you do it, you're in trouble. Majima's like, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go stop him. I'm going to get out of here. And as he's leaving, this this uh, Yakuza uh, leader, I guess, that he's talking to calls a bunch of his goons up. They beat the crap out of Majima, chain him to a pole for dis. Or, or not following orders and just blatantly refusing to do something like talking back and all of these horrific things that you should never do in the Yakuza. And they carve out his eye while he's chained to a pole, beaten to a pulp. They get a knife and they just carve out his eye and it kind of flash forwards and we see him chained to a wall eye gone, beaten to a pulp, and this is another one of those like still motion cutscenes where it's just like really highly rendered, but it's like frozen in time. And honestly, I think it suits the moment so well. Absolutely. It feels like like as a moment frozen in Majima's memory, we also see it frozen on screen as Shimano, uh one of the bosses of the Tojo clan, not the head of the Dojima family, but the head of his own family, the Shimano family, he puts, he leaves Majima in the hole is what it's called. This black site, this Yakuza black site just to be tortured. And we don't know at this time how long he's left in there. We find out later he is in that hole for a year, beaten, broken, tortured, no eye every single day. And it's like, no wonder this man is like slightly unhinged. He yeah. has he has been broken in a hole, beaten every day for a year, and then whenever he's released, he is exiled and sent to run a a cabaret. Uh, and it turns out he is uh, he was sent to um, he was part of the Tojo clan, and Sagawa, this man who's in charge of him now, is actually like a sworn brother of um his of his boss shimano but sagawa is in the omi alliance so shimano sends majima away as a civilian much like Mm -hmm. kiryu in his story to be watched over by the omi alliance uh and sagawa who is shimano's like blood brother not blood brother but like his sworn oath brother or something like that i don't know they're good friends so this chapter is actually fairly short, uh, not including side stories and stuff like that. So I'm going to kind of 
blast through it super quick, if that's okay. Does anyone have anything to say about what we've gotten to so far? I think that uh, from a narrative standpoint, like this is the, it's really starting to like pick up momentum. And you, after the, the eight to 14 to 16 hours that you spent playing Kiryu and his story and like the goal of getting out of the Yakuza at whatever the cost and then flipping to Majima, who is trying to get back into the Yakuza at whatever the cost, um, is is finally starting to pick up steam. And it's like, it's gripping. You know what I mean? I, and it, I, these guys can see my face because we're doing a video chat <laughs> at the same time. But uh, the the emotional weight that the game carries. Kind yeah, of Justin is crying right now. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah I have tears running down uh-huh. my face. <laughs> they don't make noise. Um, uh, it's it's powerful, but it's also really, really cool to follow. Yeah. The storytelling in this game is phenomenal. As twisty and turny as it gets all the time, the storytelling is phenomenal in this game. So I will say in this chapter, this is where I spent most of my time doing side stories. And I did a lot of them. I did like 12 uh, in this, in the first chapter, I did like two or three other ones, but I skipped over that. We'll talk about side stories after this. This is when we see Majima's apartment more so. We can kind of walk around in it before we leave, and that's when I really noticed how barren and empty it was. Just no, no decor, nothing. Majima is only here for for sleeping. He just he yeah. comes here to sleep and he leaves and he goes to the Grand Cabaret immediately every day. That's all he does. Um. So we, we find out at this point he, he went through a year of torture there um, and that he was part of the Tojo clan and not the Omi Alliance. He runs the club a little bit and he gets a call from Sagawa saying that he wants to meet for drinks and dinner uh, later on. And this is this is where we see. Majima really talking shit to Sagawa over the phone. He's like, why would I want to have dinner with you, you lowlife scum piece of crap? Like, he goes off on him, and and Sagawa, chill as ever. This man has never looked not nonchalant. Like, he is the most nonchalant person we've ever seen. Yeah, just check. Yeah, Uh, because he knows he he has Majima under his thumb. Like, he just knows. he. yeah. Majima can't do anything, and he can't even really refuse this dinner invite. He just knows Majima's putting up a hissy fit because he doesn't want to see him because he hates the yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, and he he gets him to come to a dinner engagement or whatever. It's like a a stand on this at the park, you know. Yeah. And and he, he even says, "Hey." Majima, meet me at this stand in the park. And Majima's like, oh, you're getting real fancy with it, huh? Which I thought was <laughs> funny because it's just a yeah. cheap little stand. Um, you kind of get to run around uh, and do whatever you want. But whenever you make it back to this park to speak with Sagawa, you know, nighttime hits. You, It's very aesthetic. The lights are very pretty, like just the mood lighting going on you sit in this it's it's a lot it's one of those stands that has like the curtains behind them um which i recognize from anime but that's but i i've never been to japan so that's kind of my only reference i I feel i feel like it's probably a thing yeah i mean it's probably is if it's in all their stuff but we we see this stand with the curtains behind and majima sits down next to sagawa and sagawa pours him a drink and majima like takes a swig but that's it 
And it kind of moves on to Sagawa bullshitting him for a while and then just saying, look, I'm going to cut to the point. You need to take on a hit. You need to kill somebody. Somebody, this person has to die, and you're the one to do it if you want to get back in the Yakuza. Can you do that? And Majima just kind of sits there in stunned silence, and he's like, I I mean, uh, and, and you can tell he's, like, struggling with the thought. And Saga was like, because in order to get back in the Yakuza, this is your chance. You ha- You have to kill this person. And Majima eventually just kind of says, I'll do what it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. And Sagawa seems to really be like almost trying to convince Kiryu or not Kiryu, but Majima not to do it. Yeah. Sagawa really is like nailing him with the like, are you sure you can do this? Uh, Like I it's it's tough. It's hard. Once you do it, there's no going back. And he keeps going on about it. Yeah, because he was like, it doesn't matter if it's 18 people, one one person. Uh, once you murder like that, that's it. Yeah. You're someone else now. You, yeah. You've changed. And Majima just kind of says, if I can't handle that, then I can't handle the Yakuza as kind of the essence of what Majima gets to. So Sagawa tasks him with killing uh, a man named Makoto Makimura. Makimura. And all the information he gives is that he's some sort of like pimp. And yeah. and he hires out girls through the telephone dating surface. And that's all he gives him. He's like, you have to find out everything else. But this man has to die. He's some he's like some lowly scumbag who who pimps out these girls and beats them and stuff like that. Like Sagawa really kind of lays into how shitty this Makamura guy is and makes it easy. Yeah, he's trying to make it easy after yeah. after after yeah. trying to convince Majima how bad this is going to be. He then kind of flips and he's like, "Oh, but but he's a bad guy. But he's a bad guy. You can do it." Uh, and I think this is kind of where we first see Sagawa like almost in a caring sense. Yeah. A little bit. Like it, he's kind of like an estranged father figure. Very estranged though. Yeah. Like very standoffish, very like Awkward meeting your dad after not talking to him for five years type situation <laughs> is what it feels like to me. Yeah, like he's dialing up the charm yeah. because he knows it's uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. And it's just kind of always that sort of weird, awkward yeah. interchange, interplay. Uh, so Majima accepts this and just immediately is like, I have to finish this today. Just yeah. like his, he's like, I'm going to bed tomorrow. I'm going to kill this guy. I'm going to find him and I'm going to kill him tomorrow. Just no, no waiting time, no, no planning phase. He's just like, I'm going to find him and I'm going to kill him. I have to get it out of the way. Uh, yep. And you can tell he's like uncomfortable with it for sure. You can tell he's like, have, he's Absolutely. struggling with this, but he knows that's what he has to do to get to this life that he wants. And so he goes to bed again. And the next day he heads to the telephone club is what it's called to pay for two hours of time to wait for telephone calls from, like, lonely women, I guess? I've never heard of a situation like this. I've never heard of, like, a business like this before. Yeah, I haven't either. I, I absolutely haven't either. It, it almost kind of reminds me of the Uber system, <laughs> almost. <laughs> oh, man. 
guys, going to make me date myself. In the mid-90s, uh, mid to late 90s, it was really uh, common on TV, like your syndicated television and that sort of stuff. Like once the normal programming was done, yeah. that there were um, telephone lines that you could call. And you would be getting whoever you might be looking for to talk to. For oh, is this like where people made like, the dating videos and stuff? I mean, it's sort of the precursor to that. Yeah. But it, the goal was never to date. It was just simply to. Uh, Lonely single sort chatting. of. Um, yeah. Exactly. It, that's exactly what it was like. one Yeah, yeah. It was very much Long. Lonely Singles yeah. Chatting. 1-800, call this whatever. Well, you'll talk to this. You'll talk to this wonderful voice for an hour and a half and spend however much they charge. Like yeah. that was For the, only the 60 thing. cents on the dollar, you know, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. But it wasn't toll free. So it actually wasn't one 800 because it wasn't toll free. You were getting charged for that and to talk. Okay. To person. So, uh, since you're the resident old guy, I know, uh, we've kind of, <laughs> we've, I uh, thank you for explaining the game to me. Uh, Hey, he said it, um, Name of the show. Na- name, name of the show. Hey. Uh, <laughs> now, Arinda, you're getting up there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, mean, I remember those commercials. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I, I have like this vague, They were on MTV. MTV. I have this vague memory of them, maybe when I was a baby, being cradled, watching these videos. Uh, right after like those things that they're called music videos. Have you, you know what I'm talking about? Like, Oh, yeah. Those are on YouTube, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, well, we called it MTV yeah. back in the day. Oh no, that's mm-hmm. that's where uh, that's where like reality TV is though. Yeah, right. Yeah, before they did that, it was all about music. This is a different podcast at this point. I, I definitely <laughs> saw them in a different sense from you guys. Yeah, and we won't, and we won't go into. Yeah, that. We'll, we'll we can. That'll be I- explaining the decades. That'll be our other podcast. <laughs> okay, so. Majima goes to this telephone club and he's like, I'm going to pay for two hours. And he goes and we just it just flashes forward. and It says 90 minutes later. He's been in there for Hold an up. hour and a half. Are those tissues? Because he's looking for a college girl. You think those tissues yeah, right? are free? Exactly. Like he's sitting next to us. That's for the video one. The tissues. <laughs> and I'm like. I bet they charge for those tissues. The tissues in there? <laughs> um, there's something, okay, there's something about tissues in this game that I'll talk about in a little bit I'm after we finish the storyline. <laughs> um, uh, did anyone go to the Gandhara uh, video bo- video club? No. Oh, only once, and I was too worried that my wife was going to come around the corner <laughs> and I had <laughs> to leave. <laughs> like I said, like I said, we'll cover it later. But, uh, because I said I will bring up all of the weird pervy things in this game that I dive deep into every time because the systems fucking call for it. You get, like, heat action stuff for it. It's dumb. It's dumb. I'm (laughs) upset about it. But he goes, and, like, 90 minutes later, uh, he knows it's, like, college-age girls he's looking for. And so every time the phone rings, his, his hand is literally, he has the phone up to his face already, and his hand is just on the dial. And anytime it rings for like a moment of a second, he's let's go and says mushy mushy, which is you know hello on the phone for, uh, for uh, but I, I just love mushy mushy, um, <laughs> and he immediately turns on the charm. But you can see like this anxious look on his face whenever he's like sitting there waiting for a call. He's like tapping and waiting, and then it's just like it calls and he answers. You go mushy mushy, and he has this conversation with a girl. Turns out she has kids, so he's like oh definitely not middle aged or not uh, college age, and he just hangs up immediately. And waits for the next call. And he eventually gets a call from a girl 
that just got back from class. And he's like, oh, so you're a college girl. And she's like, yeah, what about it? And he's like, oh, nothing. I just, uh, you know, so just just making small talk. And she eventually is, er, they, they talk about, like, she doesn't normally meet up with people, blah, 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 blah. And uh, unless they're really interesting and he's getting all flirty with her. And she's like, hey, you wouldn't happen to have any tattoos, would you? And he's like, I do. Uh, because he's you know, former Yakuza, and he has a massive back tattoo uh, of a demon woman on his back. And he's like, yes, I do have a tattoo. Why? And she's like, what is it of? And he tells her it's of the demon woman, and it's on his back. And she's, because she is an art student, and she likes studying tattoos is the excuse that she gives it. Uh, Side tangent really quick. This is totally how I imagine all first conversations on Tinder going, being a guy that (laughs) Has never had. It's pretty close. Before. Uh, generally, if yeah. anyone has tattoos and they're like barely visible, and then like both the people have tattoos, and I'm saying this as a guy with tattoos and I like tattoos, uh, either the other person or you go, I like your tattoos. That's just your first <laughs> thing that you say. And then, Every time. And then Every time. they're like, oh, what do you have? And I have this. What do you have? Oh, I have this. Oh, can I see them? And then that's how you get their number. And then you yeah. send a picture of the tattoos and then <laughs> it like progresses from there. Do you like going to a Sega shop? Like, you know. <laughs> you, yeah. Then you take her out for uh, a sushi dinner and you go to a Sega shop. Yeah. All you of these things. And you catch her some stuff. stuff. Yeah. Like you that. fight people on a bridge. Uh, one <laughs> Tinder one yeah. baby. Yeah. I've had like four dates like that. Yeah. Exactly. Every time. <laughs> Of course, we're kind of getting into it. So you end up meeting with this girl because she's interested that you have tattoos. And you're like, this is my chance. And you ask, do you know Makoto Makimura? And she gets silent. And that's when Majima's like, oh, I got her. Uh, And she's like, I got to go. And he's like, wait, no, 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 no. I'm a reporter doing a story on him. And I would love to chat with you, blah, 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 blah. And she seems iffy about it, but you eventually do set up a date with her to meet on a bridge and then uh, go for, like, food or something. I don't know. So you're like, yes, I'll meet you right now because she seems in a hurry even. And you run down, and I don't know about you guys, but I ran straight to that from from Same. the from the club. I saw Mister Shakedown. I ran the other way, and then I came back. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I went into a into the Don Quixote and like bought some. Oh yeah, because there was a side story I was halfway through, and so I went to into a Don Quixote. Bought some sneakers, gave them to the guy, and then I went and uh, did it. But it was like you know a couple minutes. I, so you go to the bridge, this girl meets you, and she seems, like, super closed off. She's like, hey, like, not un- not comfortable with the situation. Majima recognizes this, and he's like, I got to make her comfortable. And he puts on this crazy, goofy facade, and he's like, oh, I'm a celebrity. I can't believe you figured it out. Of course I'll give you a, a autograph. And he just goes way over the top and gets super goofy, and she laughs at him. And she's like, there's no way this goofy guy could mean any harm. And Majima has, again, successfully manipulated a woman. Uh, So, moving on from there, because he does it a lot in this game. I don't know if you've noticed that, but he does it a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, just not not just women. Oh, he manipulates everybody. Yeah, he's a but but it's he's he's a um, 
a socially uh, savvy sociopath. Uh, oh, is, yes. I think uh, great the great the great way to describe Majima. He you know he acts like a goofball, uh, gets her off guard, and then he's like, oh, so can you tell me about uh, Makamura? And she's like, well, I thought we were going on a date. So they go get sushi. And you pay for her meal. She still doesn't want to talk about it because she wants to go to the arcade now, the Sega. And so you take her to the Sega and you have to get her a plushie from the machine, which this is the most trouble I had from a machine so far in the game. Stupid. Really? I've like, I did the whole. Did you guys do the side story for the little girl? Yeah. Yeah. I did those flawlessly. I got the thing she wanted perfectly first try every time. Then this story mission happened, and, like, I struggled on this claw machine for, like, five minutes. I just could not pick up whatever the doll was that she wanted. I can't remember what it was. Uh, she, she didn't want it. I don't think she wanted a specific one. It was just a matter of actually getting I just think I couldn't get I, It took me a long time. Yeah. It took me uh, several yeah. tries. So what happens if you don't do it within the first three tries? You, you just do it again. You just do it again. Really? Yeah. Does she pay for it again? No, no. Because that's the only thing she fucking pays for this entire month. You do spend, you do spend about $20,000 on this uh, date, which I don't think yeah. is a lot, a lot. I think it would be like the equivalent of like a couple hundred bucks for us. I'm not sure. It's I, still a lot. It, it does seem like a lot. Well, I mean, <laughs> so it's like lot. for the situation they're in, the type of guy he is in and the stuff they're doing, that's fairly cheap, I feel if like. It, if it's per, if they're using the yen system, I think that is like right around $200. Okay. Well, this is also 1988, so we don't know. I don't really know so the conversion rate there. Probably, so nine, $90. So probably, uh, <laughs> Ten dollars. That's probably a lot. Uh, but yeah, no, I had a lot of trouble too. Yeah. Uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, I struggled for a while. I finally got her a doll. Um... I, I wasn't going to quit out of it. I think you did have the option of quitting out of it, but I wasn't gonna, and I got it. And so you eventually, sh- she she wants to go somewhere more private to talk about it, I think is what she says. Yes. And so you're like, okay, and you go, and she's like, oh, you think, oh, you want to go somewhere more private to talk about it. And she accuses you of wanting to go to like a love hotel. I believe. And Majima's was like, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm about. I'm just trying to. Which happens a lot in these two chapters. Yes. And he gets accused of a lot, a lot. of things. Um, <laughs> yeah. You go and talk about uh, Makamura to this uh, girl. And she eventually lets slip that Makamura it really protects the girls. Oh, you go to a dance club. That's what it is. Yeah. You go to the VIP room of a dance club and she gets accosted by somebody and you beat them up outside and then she's willing to tell you about Makabura. Of course, because everything leads to violence in this game. So we, if I, we, what? No way. In a video game? Uh, So we find out that Makamura protects protects girls, never asks them to do anything they don't want to do. In fact, they don't even like go to love hotels or put out or anything like that. They aren't paying for like, they just go on dates and he protects these women. Turns out he's a massive dude that protects these girls. A call away, she says he's always around the corner like she can call and he will show up and like stand up for her always. In fact, the guys you were fighting had recently gotten beaten up by him and that's why they were fighting. So it turns out that this guy's actually a really nice guy, maybe, potentially. But you're like, I don't know. He still seems like maybe there's some bad about him. I, I still, still got to kill him, so whatever. <laughs> uh, and she lets slip that Makamura is a chiropractor on a specific street. 
So you're like, got him. I'm going to go there and kill him right now. Which you don't say to the girl. You say goodbye on the day and she leaves. Um, you head to the chiropractor's office. And this has to be one of my favorite moments in the game so far. I really wanted to talk yes. about this massage therapy scene. Like from the moment you enter to the moment it's done. I got to talk about it. So you enter into this massage therapy building. This is chiropractor's office. It's like both. It's like chiropractor slash massage therapy or something. And yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the you you enter in, you leave the door open, and you pull out your knife. He has a knife that he pulls out, and it's Very like this. Big knife. It's, it's a big knife. It's. I'm sure there's a yeah. Name. I'm sure there's a name for it, but it's a really nice, like really like it, it looks really pretty too. Yeah. And it looks like it's like he his personal knife, like uh, like it, like he's owned it for a long time. It, it looks yes. It looks like a ceremonial knife almost. Yeah. He pulls out this knife, and he just like yells out. And he's like Makabura, I'm here for you. And he like rushes into this massage therapy place, totally empty. There's no one in there. He oh, he pulls back one of like the privacy curtains. It's an empty bed, and he's like, Hmm, I'll have to wait till he comes back. And he just kind of like starts sneaking his way out and as he's walking out a young woman is standing in the doorway that he left open he has his knife hand out and she just goes hello is anyone there and Majima is just like gets serious and like you can see like the almost you can almost see the sweat on his brow with like how like tense and anxious he looks but like he furrows his brow and he readies his knife to freaking kill this woman because she's a witness i guess and as he takes a step forward we see that she's blind and does not know that he's there like she has a like the walking stick thing like the seeing stick and she's like hello is anyone there and he realizes she's blind and he just kind of backs up And she's like, I must have left the door open or something. And she almost walks into him. He sidles up against the wall, mouth agape, just like, ah, his mouth is huge, (laughs) open, just like in terror as this little blind, like uh, cute young lady walks by. And he's like, and he like, you know, stands back into the hallway and she turns around and bumps into him and just immediately starts screaming, thief, thief. And he grabs her and he's like, I'm not a thief. I'm not a thief. Shaking her. I'm, I'm topping out my levels because I'm yelling. Um, and he's like, she's like, oh, God, you're going to like hurt me. And he has a knife in his hand at this moment, yelling at her. I'm not a thief. I'm not a thief. I'm a. Because then he does what he's been doing the entire last two chapters, yep. which is. Make a lie to make it work. Yeah, make a lie to make it work, which he immediately does. And he says, I'm a customer and I just walked in and you barreled into me. How rude of you. Turns the situation back around on her. And she's like, I was, and just starts sobbing. And like, it's the saddest fucking thing to watch. Like, I was like so distraught watching this scene Ooh, from the tension. It's really sad. Yeah, she's just, like, sobbing, crying, and she's like, I was so scared, and, like, crying, and he's like, oh, God, oh, God, don't be scared, don't be scared, and, like, he's like, I'll just leave, and she's like, why were you here in the first place? You are a thief, and starts screaming again, and he's like, I'm not a thief, and starts shaking her again, and it's all this yelling back and forth, and he's like, well, can you, can you 
give me a massage right now then to prove that I'm a customer. And she kind of calms down at that point, which I thought was a really weird thing for him to say, but I guess it works on her. Um, yep. And she kind of calms down and agrees to give him a massage, even though he was here looking for Makoto Makamura, which he never says his name. He just says, I was looking for the owner of the place, which he saw a sign on the wall of this man they refer to as God Hands, because I guess he's the best massage person in the world. This game has the best best nicknames. <laughs> God Hands. So good. <laughs> um, and so it kind of flashes forward, and you're getting a massage from this uh, massage assistant, this woman. Um and you're completely like shirtless, the tattoo, the Yakuza tattoo f- on full display. You're like laying face down and you have kind of like this intimate, tender moment with this girl where she's like asking you what you do for work, which I don't know what you guys said, but I said I was a cabaret waiter. Same. Yep. Uh, I actually said uh, the, f- the first option, um, like a stage uh, security trader. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Arinda, uh, do you remember what you said? I said uh, waiter. Yeah, because I was like, oh, he works at a cabaret. That'll be the easiest lie. Uh, and she just goes off about like, oh, it must be hard on your back. You're so tense. Let me work on. And it's like this nice moment. And Majima falls asleep. And like the camera kind of like pans and his knife is sticking out of his bag off to the side or out of the pile of his clothes. And he's asleep while this woman's massaging him, completely oblivious to the fact that he was going to murder her. Not 20 minutes before she finishes the massage up and he's like, oh, I fell asleep. He wakes up from it. And it's like this very tender moment that we haven't seen from Majima, like a very, like very earnest, honest, like he's he's questioning himself. Like he's like you can tell he sits up on the side of the bed and he's like looking around like he doesn't really know what to do. And at that moment, the door opens and you hear the owner of the place calling for the assistant and Majima immediately is like, huh? oh, no, like gets super serious. All of a sudden, the guy walks in. He's massive. This massive massage therapy man. Uh, they look the, like Do- or Professor Oak from like Pokemon, except on steroids. <laughs> and kick ass. And, yes. okay. and we notice <laughs> he also has tattoos all over his body because he's wearing he a is. tank top. Um, he walks in. And the assistant's like, oh, hey, you're here. I have a customer here that I was just, you know, giving a massage to because you weren't here. And they look at each other and it's like very much that ring, ring. Like they both look at each other. Makumura, this man, looks at Majima, looks down, sees the knife sticking out of the bag, looks at Majima covered in tattoos, looking like the most Yakuza motherfucker we've ever seen. And they're, like, staring at each other like daggers, uh, all the while keeping this cool conversation, not letting the assistant know what's happening. As Makimura walks over and picks up some needles and acupuncture needles, massive needles, and just picks them up. And the assistant's like, uh, what was that sound? It was that acupuncture needles? And he's like, yeah, I figured I would give him the works since I wasn't here to deal with him before. And Majima's like, that's right. And he like goes to grab for the knife. 
The guy throws the needle in between his legs, lands like right before his crotch and like stops Majima in his tracks. And the girl's like, what's going on? And he's like, I think I forgot something at the store. Could you go down and pick up my cigarettes from the store? And the assistant's very confused. And she's like, but it'll take longer if I do it. And he's like, oh, that's okay. I'll give this guy the works. And (laughs) and she's like, okay," and starts to leave. And once she's out of here, the guy is like, what are you doing here? And Majima's like, I'm here for you, Makamura. And he grabs the knife. There's this crazy, like, cool fight where uh, Makamura, like, knocks the knife out of his hand. And, like, they and and a fight proceeds, like a a boss fight between you and Makamura. Uh, And his fighting style is called God Hands. Uh, yeah. which he, he like glows like because every like boss fight also has like heat actions and shit like that like they the bosses have like their own like heat styles and he glows mm-hmm. yellow and he's got god hands and this fight I don't know about you guys but I breezed through it pretty easily yeah. but that was because I mean ru- Slugger style. well sl- I actually yeah. used breaker style on this one <laughs> yeah. because oh, really? he never got a hit in on me once with breaker style. I think he I think he hit me once. Yeah. Uh and it was just like a just a small jab. But he does crazy damage whenever he, he hits. Didn't hurt. Like it was it like hurt. a good fourth of my health bar as soon as he hits you. It's just like boom and he stabs you with one of these needles and your health's like oh and you like double over and stuff. But the fight is really cool fight in this massage therapy place and as you're like you know facing each other off and he's like bleeding and he's like oh this was Harder than I thought. You look like a little scrub coming in here, like a little, you know, like which com- compared to Majima compared to uh, the God Hands Makoto, yeah, Wait, God Hands, yeah, uh, yeah. Majima looks small. Yeah, Majima looks tiny compared to like a scrawny yeah. little nothing compared to this yeah. guy. And at this moment, like four other guys just like walk in in suits, and they're like, "Where's Makoto Makamura?" And, you know, you're there trying to kill Makoto Makamura and you're like, what's going on? And the guy's like, oh, you're such a wimp that you brought your friends here to kill me, huh? And Majima goes, I don't know these guys. And and, and the massage therapy guy is like, oh, oh, well, then, huh? And the guys are like, I don't know you. We're we're here for Makoto Makamura. And Majima's like, this is Makoto Makamura. And at that moment, the assistant walks back in with the cigarettes and she's like, what's happening? And they're like, there she is. Turns out, plot twist, the assistant was Makamoto Makamura the whole time. And that's the person that Kiryu was, or Majima was supposed to kill, was this sweet, young, blind woman. (laughs) And, And so it's like, oh, crap. This shit goes down. Uh... They go to grab the girl, these Yakuza types do that walked in. They go to, they go to, yeah, they go to grab the girl. A gun. And uh, I can't remember the actual name of the massage guy. It's a Chinese name, I think. Uh, Lee? Yeah. yeah, Lee something. There's something Lee. Something. And he rushes the guy and they shoot him just right in the abdomen. He collapses. Blood is everywhere. This is probably the most blood we've seen so far. Oh, I mean, yeah, we saw somebody's yeah. ha- finger get cut off. We saw Majima's eye take out, but nothing has been as gory and bloody 
as Lee getting shot in the abdomen, bloods everywhere, all over the floor and like on him. And the, they go to shoot Majima and Lee throws the needle into the guy's hand, keeping him from shooting Majima, like protecting Majima, the guy who was here to kill the girl before, yeah. because I think he just sees that Majima is so conflicted about it. And they grab the girl, start taking her away. You fight these Yakuza guys and you, you know, you can defeat them. And Lee just kind of looks up at you. He's like on the ground, all bloody and stuff. And he just says, go save her, protect her from these men. And it's like, you're the, you're the only one that can do it. And it's like this emotional moment. Like the guy's like in tears, practically covered in blood and stuff. And Majima is just like shirtless standing there with the knife that he had to kill the, I guess the girl to begin with. And he just runs. He just goes after her. And it's like this crazy cool moment where you like chase after her. She's being dragged to this, you know, van or whatever. And you just beat the living crap out of these guys. She's blind. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's all helpless or whatever. And you grab her and you're like, we have to get out of here right now. You have to follow me. And she's like, I recognize that voice. You were the guy in the massage parlor. And then like in this crazy, cool, emotional moment, like I said, my favorite moment of the game so far, this whole sequence that has taken place, you do this weird hide and seek, this sneaking section in this game where you have to escort Makimura, this girl, away from this like section of the city that is being like patrolled and watched by all these Yakuza people. You have to hide in like groups of people like you're playing Assassin's Creed or something like if they see you, you have to fight them and then it's a whole fight going down. What did we think about this? Because it was honestly, I don't like it, but I got through it pretty easily. Uh, I'd like to go first on this. Go. I'd like to go first on this. Go. You look, you look antsy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I fucking hated it. You didn't like it. It was just I awful. hated it. I What I hated most was the little animation you would do as you're coming out of hiding and the guys are still moving. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, if I had a full health bar because guns hurt, guns hurt a lot. Yeah, the guy with the gun. Is, this yeah. is our first experience with someone fighting uh, with a gun, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I think in the the Kiryu storyline with the guy with the kid in the video game, which we haven't talked about, but I think there's a guy with the gun. In oh, what was that a side quest? Yeah, that's a that's a side yeah, quest. I think because uh, I know what you're talking about, but I uh, haven't done that side story. Yet. Um, but yeah, so the gun hurt a lot. I massive was, damage. It makes you fall over, and they just yeah, get it's in on you. Very low, very low on health. So let me tell you, if I could have, I would have just fought them all. Got the hell out of there because you can do it that. Was like I, I know I just every I had group and they disappear like, off the map. I had very low health and uh, just couldn't take the chance of getting hit because I didn't want to do it. Mister doesn't use do healing items. You should have some. Uh, I no, I had uh, I had one thing in my inventory. It was I, some I, weird I, thing. I am so confused by how you play this video game. Dude, we got Mister Shakedown <laughs> in the game and Mister Masochist uh, in the podcast. I just welcome. I just I just run. <laughs> I just run away. Jeez. And but I never got healed. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll get healed eventually. Like so, like, uh, and no, no. Yeah. The game. I will. I'll tell you now. The game will never heal you. You yeah. have to do it. And you and you yeah, can no, just I, go to restaurants and eat, and I'll heal you if you don't want to. Yeah. Get a healing yeah. Item. So 
uh, definitely these next two chapters that we're going to be playing completely going to be changing my playstyle. But I hated it. I don't like escort missions. Yeah. At all. And the biggest pet peeve was this small little animation you do. It takes as so long. I mean, out so long. And I like each time I had to hide, I was getting so angry. Mm-hmm. I was getting so angry. I was like, I want this over. And you have to do it twice. You have to do it twice. What? The uh, you do the one little section, and then you get to your point, and you're like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah. You, it looks like it's going to be the end of it, yeah. but then yeah. you have to go farther. And, yeah. And then you get this big fight, and I'm like, well, fuck, I'm gonna die. I somehow beat them while I'm spinning around in breaker style, and then I'm like, all right, I, I, I got to get out of here. <laughs> and right when I got out of that fight, there was three people ready to fight me. Right there. Right there. Yeah. Right there. And I was like, oh, my God. And uh, finally, I, I got through it, hated it, don't want to ever do it again. Uh, bad news for you, buddy. It will happen again. Oh, um, uh, you Justin, nice. you Next look time. like you have something to say. I can't see Arenda, though, so I'm going to check in with Arenda first. Okay. Fair. Um, I'm, uh, I, I don't like escort missions either, um, but I could respect that every time I think this game is good, it gets better and it throws you something like that, you know, like yeah. different, like I wasn't expecting to play like that type, you know, like, and then there's also so many emotions that happen in this chapter. Like you see him just like this guy who's just been, you know, taken over and bossed around and lives in this little place, getting a massage and relaxing, like, it's just like everything happened so much, and then when it got to that point, I was like, "Fuck this! I don't like this." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, thank God." And then it got to the second alley, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> yeah, this game really knows how to throw a wrench in what you think mm-hmm. is going to happen. It turns left when you think it's going to turn right every single time. Justin, yeah. you got something to say? I can see it on your face. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you guys. Escort missions are the bane of most video games, but I can appreciate when the game tries to do it differently, right? So rather than just like his, uh, rather than just having an NPC sort of automatically walk down an alleyway and you just have to beat people off the entire time, like you have more agency with it. So you can be like, oh, I can try and avoid this if I hide and then I can try and time it out properly. In my history with games, like the Splinter Cell series is a big part of my my life. I love um, so like Cell. <laughs> Oh, man. Ooh. Ooh. But yeah, so like timing your movements to like avoid groups of people or avoid just the little search bars on your mini map or something like that, like uh, that gives me my jollies. But um, uh, so I thought that was like as far as escort missions go, that was what I thought was probably a better one. And it kind of conveyed that development as far as like he's trying to save the person he was supposed to kill at this point. Like, how is this going to play out? Which leads into kind of the last little bit of yeah, it? and I do want to note in this whole sequence, this this kind of escort mission where you're you're dragging her along with you and like hiding in groups while the yakuza is looking for you, sneaking through these alleys, and they have like vision cones going on and stuff like that. It's very stealth game, but like not quite as good as an actual stealth game because any game that is not a stealth game that adds stealth in never done super well. But at least it's not a game over when you're discovered like a lot of games are. At least they let you fight your way out of it, which is very good. Yeah. Um, I will note you are holding her hand the whole time. 
You are pulling her along by the hand. It just goes to show, like, how confident Majima is in violent situations and how fragile Makamura is in, like, as a semi, like, more normal person in a situation like this, surrounded by violence. Well, I would even argue less than that. She's got, she has a disability. Yeah. She's got something that works against her the yeah. entire time. Uh, so I, I, I do want to, that, that was something I did want to point out. And then mm-hmm. we get to, I think, kind of one of the most iconic scenes of this game that I have thought about since the first time I played it. So you've you've pulled Makamura, this girl, through the alleys, avoiding the Yakuza. You, you've, you've fought off people to protect her, and you make it down a side alleyway into this tiny little back like area behind a building that very much so resembles the empty lot from the first chapter. Yes. If anyone. Oh man, I didn't even put it. But it does resemble it. It's not the same place, obviously, but it resembles resembles. Now it's so much heavier. Yeah. I didn't put that together. (laughs) I'm just thinking that there's two of those guys, or like two people being stealthy, and there's only one eye for those two people. Yeah, one good eye between two people. Between the two of they them. They got guns and... Yeah, oh God, I didn't even think about that. Just the <laughs> one eye looking out for her. Uh, well, at least he's got one eye on her. Um, yeah. So, this final cutscene of Chapter 4, this is the end of Chapter 4, is brutal to watch. And I don't... I, I, I don't know about you guys, but games... And, like, movies, like, move me emotionally in a way that a lot of things in my real life don't. Maybe I'm emotionally stunted, probably. But I'm a big fan of, like, you know, mood and emotional storytelling in media. And I will tell you that I teared up at the scene that he was getting the massage in, like, earlier. And then this scene that I had almost forgotten about... I I had tears in my eyes watching it just because of how tense and, and anxiety and like emotional this moment is as Majima pulls her into a back alley to hide and he's like telling her I think I think we're safe I think we've gotten away from him and she collapses in tears holding on to his leg as like the only thing that she can like fully trust right now like completely like wrapped around his leg crying as his his hand is like caressing her hair reassuring her and at the same time that she's crying and he's reassuring her that everything will be okay he pulls the knife out of his band and like looks at the knife in his hand in one hand and this young woman in his right hand pretty much like his right hand is like caressing her head as she's like crying out of fear and feeling safe with him i suppose and it is really majima looking at the two sides of himself i think that's that's my take of it is like in the in his left hand he's got the knife the yakuza the violence and in his right hand he has someone who lives a normal life who he's supposed to kill. And in order to become one with the Yakuza again, he has to kill that normal life and he has to kill that girl. And so like we just end 
the chapter with him holding the knife and looking at her with the knife in his hand. And that's just how it ends. It cuts to black. That's the end of chapter four. We won't see Majima again for another three chapters. We have two chapters to go of Kiryu, and then it will go back to Majima after Kiryu's section. We That is the cliffhanger, and it is brutal. I was, like, on the verge of crying, and I've played this game before. It was... It was good. Yeah. It was a good way to end a chapter. Does anyone have anything they, like, want to, like, say about this? Like, this this moment? It's so... And, like, I'm looking at everyone, and we're all just, it was like... heavy, uh, man. We're just so, staring Yeah, at everyone, it, like... So, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. It was heavy. Um, doesn't he go to stab down? He raises the knife. Does he raise the knife? He just kind of raises okay. it and looks at it and looks at her, and then it cuts okay. to black. Okay. Yeah, no, it... It definitely shows, it, like you said, it shows both sides of him. You know, he has the, the knife, which is the Yakuza, um, and the, what he's trying to get back into. And then the girl, which essentially is his normal cabaret life that everyone else knows him as. Um, and he, once he kills this girl essentially from what we would understand is he's back into the yakuza he's back into what he's been wanting his you know entire time since uh getting out of torture and all this and all that like doing saving all his money and he can do it right here but it's this fragile weak girl and his normal his caring compassion that has kind of come out in between, you know, in the two chapters that we've seen, it's showing right here. Yeah. Cause he's struggling. Yeah. I would, it, it refers back to his conversation with, uh, Mr. Owner. I Sagawa. I've forgotten his name. Sagawa. Sagawa. Um, in that the, you know, everything he's done up to this point, he's been able to kind of be him. But as soon as you kill somebody, like it changes you. And you can very visibly see that in this, this exchange, like he's not okay with what he has to do at this point because of everything that has come to light and he struggles with it. Uh, just as much as the player kind of like watching this at, at this point in the game, you're watching a cutscene, you can't change it. Like you can't. Yeah. There's no option here. This is a pre-rendered cut. You, you don't have the choice. Yep. Yeah. And you're just like, holy shit. I have as much issue with this as the character on the screen, this virtual person, is having with it. Like, it's powerful yeah. and intense. Yeah. Uh, Aranda, how did you feel when we reached the end of Chapter 4? Um, you know, I think Justin nailed it with what he just said. Like, I don't know, like, that whole chapter was like a wave of emotions. And like I said earlier, like, you see so much and, like, you just feel so much in this chapter. I was kind of exhausted at the end. <laughs> yeah, um, I, emotionally, I was almost like I was sad to leave Majima's story for a little bit while we go to Kiryu for our next bit. But like, I was, I was glad that I was done with that situation for a while. Yeah, like I was sad that he didn't have a bowl cut anymore. But you know, like the whole situation was sad. That glow up. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no spoilers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about haircuts later on. Okay. It'll be way later, though. Um, Wait. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying we'll talk about haircuts. 
Like bowl cuts or mullets or get the fuck out. Bowl cuts or mullets. <laughs> that is 2020, baby. Or also December 9th, 1988. But I guess it's not December 9th, is it? We don't actually know the exact day that these are taking place. We know Kiryu's story started on December 9th and it went a few days, like two or three days. We don't know if this is taking place at the exact same time or not. It never says. We, I would assume it takes place at the same time, but it never says. Um, True. So that is the end of chapter four, uh, the story so far. So we've seen Kiryu struggling with leaving the Yakuza and dealing with Tachibana real estate and kind of work processing his way through that and potentially joining Tachibana real estate at the end of his chapter. And then we see Majima trying to get back into the Yakuza and dealing with what it's like to maybe murder someone. And it's like, it's, it really is opposite stories. It is like, it is a, an intricate balance of these stories. And I don't know. We'll, we'll see if they connect or how they connect or if they even do. Um, so that's the end of chapter four and the end of our story summary. It only took an hour and 40 minutes. But, you know, hey. whatever. That's not that long, right? We are explaining the game, and that is what we're here to do. So the one thing I do want to hit is, Troy, did you do any karaoke? I didn't through this run. The karaoke bar in Sotenbori is at the park. It is uh, off to the side. It's on the south side of the park. Please, please Please go there because I know you love karaoke and Majima's karaoke is the best. It's so good. Did anyone go to the karaoke? A lot more. I did, but I didn't have you didn't have him sing. I had I didn't real. I didn't understand the karaoke at this point. I was like, oh, this song sounds cool. And it was just interjections. Interjections. So So I'm going like you didn't "Ah, do the Cinderella ah, song ah," like multiple times. No, I'm completely. I am going to ask each and every one of you to go to YouTube and watch Majima. Cinderella. Just look it up. It is a roller skating disco song and it's so good. It's so over the top and it's all it's like a love pop song and he's just going and he has like disco clothes on and he's got roller skates that he's rolling around on. It's so good. You have to watch it. You have to play it. It's so okay. good. Okay. I just wanted to bring up karaoke because I know you guys liked it, and I can't believe you didn't do it, Troy. I'm so upset at you. Uh, I wrote that down. Like, I have a whole list of notes, and right here in the middle, it says karaoke Cinderella. <laughs> There's a song called 24 Hour Cinderella or something <laughs> like that. Um, does anyone have anything specifically they want to talk about that we haven't covered uh, side story-wise or anything like that? Just one final topic for each of us, I would say. Um, any of the side stories, I can talk about them. I've done pretty much all of them, um, uh, at least that we have available to us so far. Fishing. Fishing. Arinda, take it away. Talk about fishing and the mini games and stuff like that. Okay, fishing, I wasn't a really big fan of it, but I've also <laughs> like been spoiled with Animal Crossing and Red Dead. Like, and, you know, but I can appreciate that there's so many mini games in this game alone that the fishing part of it I'm like oh okay well you tried like that's that's cool but I, I didn't even get a fish you know and I spent like a while on it I don't know so I'm, I'm not gonna do that again I'm not 
claw or die. I'll, I'll go ahead and say I played the fishing mini game once in my original playthrough of this game about two and a half years ago, and I've never played it since. Yeah. Yo, guys, I got the biggest fucking snapping turtle from the fishing. What? Like, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I love it. How? I'm totally fine. It's just like. There's so much shit going on between this guy and his underpants and these people who want to kill oh, other people. I forgot people. to talk about Mr. Like, yeah, Libido. Gonna... Yeah, Mr. Libido. We'll get to that because I, I, I said the thing that I'll be talking about is all the pervy stuff. So that's what I'll cover. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, Arenda, is there any other mini games that you found in this one that are different? Or did you play the same ones or did you even play them this time? Um, I stopped at, you know, for the Sega shop for that girl. That was this chapter, right? Or is the chapter before? The little girl. It, it was this chapter. Wanted it. Okay, yeah, I, I stopped there, and then fishing. I didn't do anything else, really. Did you do oh. all of the stuff for the little girl? Um, Did you I finish her thing, like, full toy. friendship? Mm, I don't think so. I remember making friends with, like, the um, convenience store lady. I made friends with one of those, okay. like, ladies. I, didn't, I don't think I went in any of the convenience stores this time. I didn't. Don Quixote. Yeah, Don Quixote is great, and the pawn shop is great too. If you guys have like those gold plates and stuff, go sell your go sell go sell your stuff. Go to the pawn shop and sell it. That's a great way to get money to level up. Um, Troy, did you have anything you wanted to talk about? Uh, the only thing that I really did because this playthrough um, had a lot going on uh, outside outside life so i didn't get to spend as much time on what i wanted surprisingly even with all the downtime i've had uh but i did do uh i did do i made sure to do at least one side mission um which was the pretend boyfriend side mission um, Ooh, let, let me let I, me see if i can find the name because actually this time i wrote down the names of every side ooh, mission okay and this one's just called Be My Boyfriend. Yeah. And it actually, it was, pre- it was, it was pretty good because like, you, you go, you go and you go and do this thing. You, you're meeting up with her dad because the dad finally wants to meet. Oh, what's, what's, boyfriend. what's the, yeah. What's the premise of this? How does, how's it start? Uh, well, so. I believe you're you're just walking by, mm-hmm. and she and doesn't she runs up. To yeah, you. it's just some random girl you've never seen. Just some random girl just runs up to you, and and she's like, uh, pretty much, be my boyfriend. Hey, you'd be you'd be perfect. Yeah, you'd be per- you'd be perfect. Why uh, why would he be perfect? Isn't it isn't it his like the the eye patch, uh, the ponytail, the tattoo, everything? She perfectly describes you. Yes, perfectly, and. And so you're you're like okay this that and she's like oh you gotta meet my uh, my dad, and he's just like what like meet meet your dad and so you go to a restaurant, sit down father shows up, and he's asking you, uh, or she's or you're you're getting your story straight between the two of you like this is the story yeah because she because uh, she wants you to pretend to be her boyfriend yes. because her dad's been nagging her about getting a boyfriend Which, for so long. Which I like arranged I, du- I dumbingly 
skip through it. You skip through all the description stuff. <laughs> oh no. Why? I wrote it down. I wrote all the stuff down as she was saying it. I kept pressing A, and then and then finally I do I do dental work. I like her rice. Like <laughs> these questions start popping up, and I was like, "Oh no, I didn't read." But luckily, I went off of what sounded kind of the most accurate. Accurate. Which, like, you're a dentist. After messing up the movie thing in, in Kiryu's story, like, I, I made double sure to get this shit right. <laughs> yeah, well, welcome to Yakuza, where you have to take notes yeah. for the side stories. Yeah. And, and like, you're a dentist. Uh, and then uh, there, there's one other one. There's, like, three questions. Um, and, you, and you go through them. And then it's so surprising because she was talking to her dad about you before she even met you. And yeah, and that's yeah, that's that's why you're perfect is because she told she told her father that she was dating a tall, uh, sharp looking, ponytailed wearing, eye patch having, aggressive looking man. And that's exactly your description. And and you're like, uh, sounds like a babe. Sounds like a babe. (laughs) Majima's a babe. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was it was it was so because uh, like the and then she goes off to the restroom and she's like and then uh, Majima's like oh no I'm I'm alone with the dad and he's just like he thinks he's like hey thank you for going along with this and I I always did like I was like oh what are you talking about like mm-hmm. I'm her boyfriend oh I fessed up immediately <laughs> yeah I was like oh yeah and he's like oh yeah no no don't worry about it like I know I know and. And, and you see, you actually see a little bit of uh, Majima's caring side in this mission uh, because he, like, he actually is caring for this girl all of a sudden, like, mm-hmm. trying to do, he, trying to help like, her. Yeah, 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 trying to help her with her and her dad. And so you go through it. She comes back. You're about to fess up, and the dad's like, "Oh, so it was so great to meet you. Like, I love your boyfriend." And she's like, ah, like, I got away with it. And you go out, you go out of the restaurant, you're about to leave. And the dad comes over. It's like, hey. And you're like, oh, okay, well, what now? And and he's like, you should actually be your boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, what are you? He's like, what are you getting at? Like, I like we just went through this whole charade. He's like, oh, come on, you're, you're, you're perfect. Like, I know she'll be in good hands with you. And. You'll be amazing. She's like, oh, if you want to take her, take me. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. he said that, I just started busting up laughing because I'm assuming it's a single dad. Yeah, it's just a single dad. Yeah, just mm-hmm. a single dad. And and there's this like, and he just per- protrudes apparently the perfect parental boyfriend style. Yeah, Majima's perfect. And yeah, and I just when he said that, I yeah. started buff, busting up laughing. He's like, he's like, you guys are crazy. Yeah, my, I love how he ends it. Majima's just like, this is why I'm single, and he just walks yeah. away. <laughs> that was I like I like that in Majima's yeah. world. The reason he's single is because everyone thinks he's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> not because he's struggling with it. Like he's just like, no, people are too obsessive about me. I'm out. <laughs> oh man! But it was good. That was a yeah. good, really good side mission, and it makes me want to go play the other side missions. And I this next these next two chapters, 
I'm going to be putting a lot of time into the game. Oh yeah, I I plan on playing I'm a, be lot a lot of Kiryu stuff this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and Justin, is there anything specifically you wanted to mention? Yeah, man. Like I think that 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 side quest in particular kind of like segues into what I would talk about, which is that you have these like really goofy sort of offbeat irreverent side missions where strange things happen and like your character acts a certain way, whether it's like uh himbo kind of stupid, whatever, or I'm glad, I'm glad that you've started calling here. You a himbo. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't familiar. I had to look it up after our last <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> Go on. Welcome to Twitter, uh, man. That's um, the terminology. Yeah, man. Um, I'm gonna have to make one to follow our own podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, and then you get into like the more narrative stuff that actually follows the storyline, which we touched on at the end of the last um, the last chapter. And then, like for me, being like a, a, a cinematography buff of sorts, like. There's a lot of care that's spent in how those cutscenes are sort of portrayed and like the way things look. So when we talked about his apartment and then the cutscene that followed that, where he's looking out of this very tall, like tiny window that basically fits his head and shoulders, and it solidifies that feeling of like he is in a box. He's in a very small yes. The shot was perfect um, to the life he's led, um, and it and it hits that, and then like. I felt differently. I wasn't sure if all the people were actually watching him or if he was just that paranoid because of his history and his. That that could be true as well. That could uh, be true. Yeah. That's just how I took it. It's, it's up for interpretation for me, I suppose. I, maybe I just wasn't sure what I was watching. And then um, again, you get like another moment when he's talking to Sagawa in that little uh, side or that little shop, that little vendor. Uh, and you have this open frame where you can see this derelict park that they're in and they're in this shop, but even within the shop, they're stuck between two um, poles. Like that's what's framing their conversation. So the smallest part of the screen is this conversation they're having, which is like, just sort of solidifies that fact that yeah, he's slammed between a rock and a hard place and he doesn't really have a way out as far as like, that's how he feels. So Something uh, the I got through some of the side stories and they're, yes they're fun and hilarious but like what really hit home for me in these two chapters was like oh there's actually like a story being told here on top of just the dialogue and the translations and the goofy things you're doing like you wouldn't even have to hear anything and you could probably still get the feeling of what this guy's going through over the last three hours or so. And I yeah, I think that's a really good take uh i didn't even think about like that framing of him in the box because those shots they really do line up perfectly where it's like big wide open world and he's trapped in a tiny box all the time which is so perfect for chapter three being called a gilded cage i think about that a lot i don't even remember what chapter four's name was but i remember a gilded cage which is like that that's such a perfect uh, metaphor for Uh, his life at this point proof of resolve what Proof of Resolve was chapter Proof of Resolve. Oh, that is a good name for chapter Mm -hmm. four. Um, So, and uh, I played through a lot of side stories on this point. Uh, There's there's one where you, like, infiltrate a cult and do some of the goofiest (laughs) stuff I've ever seen. I took a lot of notes to get that one right. Uh, You order, you you join the Order of Moonan Chohept Onast, uh, but you say Onost in the cult for expressing your gratitude. You collect Shuri 
pippies. Uh, or no, you say shore pippi as like a hello. Um, friends is how they refer to each other. Uh, they measure each other's virtue through something called kulipas. Uh, the the leader of the cult's like name Garba. was Munan Suzuki. Biggest piece oh, of yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. Classic cult leader. Yeah. I mean, very much a classic oh, cult leader. Uh, the, oh, no, they say Munancho for hello and Hepton for farewell, I wrote down. And then they pay rinchos as tithes, which is one rincho is 100,000 yen. Uh. Yeah, I wrote all that down so I could answer the questions correctly that the guy does a test for. Um, I wish I did. I was sweating at that test. I was like, why am I sweating? Like, it was like the first time I ever used a forklift. I was like, sweating. I was like, oh my God, they're going to kill me. Uh, Ends up being the cult is like brainwashing people and the cult leader was going to like brainwash a girl and like... If you're yeah, if you're a pretty girl and then you he'll pay, yeah, you can pay and get with by joining bodies with the whatever. guru is what he yeah it's fucked it, I, it was gross I had, and I beat the shit out of this man. Yes, hell yeah! I had just watched Waco on like so, yeah, me too. Yeah, so I was like, oh, oh. no, I am not about this. <laughs> I just <nuked> my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's one of the side stories. Uh, there's a lot. I'm just going to run through the names of these really quick to see if anyone recognizes any of them. Uh, so there's the side story for the doll girl, obviously, the little girl that wants stuff out of the Sega machine. Uh, that story, brat. Uh, if you actually, uh, you should befriend her and finish it off. It's very sad. Okay. It's very sad. Oh, shit. Now. Now I feel like oh, um, uh, it turns out God, through Trace. that doll girl side story, you learn that Majima is 24 years old. Huh. That's yeah. how old I am. That makes me feel bad because boy, howdy. I don't you have, have a, a tender paternal relationship with a young girl. Standing <laughs> well, and also shop. he has millions of yen <laughs> and a very long, luscious head of hair and a very cool back but, tattoo. And I have I none of these things. That. Yes. You have two I eyes. I have two <laughs> eyes, which so I have one up on my yeah. Um So not very good. So eyes, there too. is uh, the disciples <laughs> of the new order, which is that that cult yeah. one. There's one called the man with the stranger's face. Did anyone play that one in the park? Oh, that one was super. Sad. Uh, so it's a side story yeah. about a man who went into witness protection. Uh, to hide from the Yakuza. He actually had facial reconstruction surgery, so he looks different, but he had to leave his family. And so he watches his wife and child play in the park without him. They think he's dead, and he, like, has to stand off to the side as a stranger and, like, watch them play. And, like, you eventually get him to, like, play catch with his son or something like that, but then the Yakuza shows up and you have to fight them off. And it just ends up being this whole thing where it's like it's incredibly sad. This man who's like separated from his family, very like emotional side story compared to some of the more goofy ones. Yeah, he, he leaves. Well, he knows he has, he has to, to leave. leave. They'll call. They'll keep coming for him. But all the other side missions up to this point have had like a nice clean ending, and that one's just like I mean, it's clean. Yeah, he it's, leaves. It's, it's so, so sad. sad. Um, did anyone do the toilet talk side story? In the same park. Nope. If you go to that public restroom, there's writing on the inside, and you can communicate with a lovely young lady who's trying to meet people. Uh, it doesn't go as planned. I'll just say that. Uh, 
I'll leave it at that since no one else has played that one. Uh, Aaron's on the run. Did anyone play the Aaron boy? That one's just kind of like, I feel bad for that guy, but that's pretty much the whole story. Um, you eventually meet the girl that he's running errands for. Uh, it's a whole thing. Uh, there's the taxing issue. Did anyone talk to the tax yep. man? Mm hmm. It's Majima's fault that taxes come into play in, in Japan. How much did you tell them to bump? Those small, like I did, I did 5% and then he says, I did. What did the guy say? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh my God, that's crazy. But we can work our way up there. Like he's like, yeah, incrementally. Uh, So (laughs) so this side story is you run into this guy getting like beat up in an alleyway. Turns out he's like a representative in the government who proposed sales tax. So I guess before 1988, there had never been sales tax in Japan or in Tokyo or I, yeah, in Japan. And it's going to be introduced in 1989 because of this guy. And these guys are beating him up for it. So you, you know, d- protect him before you find out that that's what he did. And then whenever you find out that he's the one who introduced taxes, you're like, you son of a bitch. And he's like, no, please, I'll, I'll, I'll make you understand. Just, you know, I'll take you out to eat. And you go out to eat and like, you have like an intelligent conversation about, taxes and the economy you give advice yeah on but you, you end up giving like, this man advice and every time you give him any advice he's like oh what kind of things would you tax and i was like i don't know like cigarettes or something and he goes yes i could put it on luxuries and then we could incrementally increase it from there and you're like what are you muttering about and he's like oh nothing and like every time you introduce like a new idea to this guy he just like starts muttering and taking it way farther and you're like and then like it it's pretty much majima's idea for like luxury taxes and like gas taxes and stuff like that it's majima's fault i wanted to tax the you tax <laughs> I did cigarettes and gas. That's what I did. Uh, I did cigarettes and dogs. And I did cigarettes and and, and gas at five percent, but then he upped it to eight. Uh, so that's that one. There's another one called "From the Heart," which is a man trying to get a necklace for his girlfriend. Did anyone do that one? I did that one. Too. You did a lot of them then. Apparently, I played more. Yeah, so I, you end up. Uh, yeah, uh, we can talk about that one later. It's not a super important one. Uh, there's another one called The Entertainer's Throne, with which, Justin, I know you know about this one. It is a street performance man. <laughs> talk about this one, Justin. Super quick, super quick. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Super quick. So, um, uh, it's pretty early in the, uh, the third chapter, you are walking back across the bridge, I think for the first time. For you. Actually. I, I and walked across is. it without him ever, uh, him being there. Uh, I, Oh, I, really? I didn't encounter this I, man until chapter four. Oh, mm-hmm. side stories. Side stories are random by the way. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, uh, you're crossing across this bridge and there is a, a statuesque, silver man in this crazy pose like it's almost like a um a pigeon pose for you yoga listeners out there uh where his the yoga listener and then he's dabbing as well the yoga listener i'll get the yeah it'll happen eventually <laughs> um anyway one leg is up on his knee and then he looks like he's yeah. dabbing it's a very complex at the same pose time. it is it looks uh super hard on one leg 
and um, you encounter him and you, you go, oh my God, this is incredible. Cause he's, you go to touch him and he's like, nah, no, don't, don't touch the merchandise or whatever. The rules are uh, of a classy stripper, yeah. as he says. You can you can look, I, but you I can't touch. The wording, but it was you can look, but you can't touch very much. Um, and then so you leave and come back, and then you got to help him because he's actually drawn a crowd at this point. They're like, oh, look at this cool statue, you know. Da, 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 da. And he gets your attention. I, I imagine almost like that cartoon out of the side of your mouth mm-hmm. way. Uh, I gotta go to the bathroom. Distract him, um, and you have to go through these progressively ridiculous steps to like get this crowd to look at you so we can run to the nearest pizza and by place. and by progressively more it's literally you do something the crowd looks at you for a second he takes like two steps and they look back and he freezes again <laughs> in the exact same pose and sometimes like the opposite way and yeah, at one point he's all the way turned around and they're yeah. like what did that statue just turn around yeah, they all think he's a legitimate <laughs> statue, which also blows my mind. It's like five people standing on a bridge just staring at a statue. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a nice statue. Yeah. That's a good one. But yeah, you eventually, I ended up like, um, I yelled there was a UFO. I sang. Yep. A guy fights you because you sing badly. Like, yes. And that's uh, the one that gets them like, oh, my God, that show of you fighting that guy. Yeah, that's the one that actually lets him run off and use the bathroom. Uh, so that was a really fun one. Uh, there's another one where a guy has a bag phone. It's called Calling the Future. That one's uh, interesting. You have to go to Don Quixote and buy him a battery for his bag phone. It's funny because it's talking about how new technology is always fragile and shitty. And it's just going through this super long process of trying to make a call off of this guy's bag phone. But things keep going wrong and you have to keep doing things to get the call going. It's uh, And then uh, by the end of it, he actually becomes a save point. Uh, because he has oh. a, because he has a phone. Oh wow! And so because phone <laughs> telephone booths are the save points in this game, so you can like walk up to him. He always ends up stationed at one spot, and you can he just becomes a save point later on when you finish that mission, which is pretty good. And then the the final one that I did was the stadium jumper strut, which was the guy wearing the um, the what what kind of jacket is that? Yeah, I think they just call it a stadium jacket. It's a, in Japan they call it's them that, your, but yeah, it's your typical sort of uh, Letterman's, Letterman's jacket. jacket. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, Arinda, you said you played this one and wanted to talk about this one, right? Um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Uh, tell tell us about this uh, side side story. So, like, it's been a while since what, like a week? That I don't know. Um. You have to go get, like, stamina, right? Like, uh, Yeah, you have to go get a health drink for him because this man's just collapsed on the ground. And you come back and... Um, I took notes on it. I just can't find it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you find this man just collapsed on the ground. Uh, and you're like, oh, I better get this guy some health because he looks like he's been be- beat up so you go get him a health drink you can bring it back i always have health drinks on me so i just gave him one um turns out he is wearing like this sick jacket this sick letterman's jacket which i don't know if you noticed but um the the design on the back of that jacket is the same as your tattoo on your back i thought it looked familiar i was like hmm. yeah 
Which kind of explains why people are assaulting him all the time, because people assault you all the time. And he, like, he uh, doesn't know why, right? Like, he's like, I'm just trying to cross the yeah. bridge. Can you help me? Yeah. that's his dream. Yeah. He, his, I was like, come on, bro. dream is to cross this bridge with his jacket. You know how many cool <laughs> toys are in right. that claw machine? Like, get out yeah, there. He's just, explore the world. He's, He's just trying to cross this bridge, but every time he tries to, people are like, hey, you trying to look cool? And they just beat him <laughs> up. I, I like how they name people, you know, like so Mr. Libido and stuff. But this guy's yeah. name, like once he stands up after you give him a stamina drink, it's formu- or formerly fallen guy. Like formerly fallen. Yeah, yeah. I can't talk right now, but <laughs> I was like laughing at that part. I was like, oh, okay. my God. Like he's he's up now, but we don't yeah. know his name. You uh, you you end up having to escort him across the bridge. It becomes an escort mission, and you're just beating up wave after wave <laughs> of guys that want to beat this guy up because he looks like a dude. Yeah, he's just trying to like walk, like just he's just walking straight through, like whatever. Yeah, he just walks casually across the bridge as you're like fighting off like eight guys. Try to be cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then when you get to the other side, he's like, you did it, you helped me with this dream, uh, thanks. And then he just turns and walks back across the bridge and goes the other way. Yeah, right? <laughs> <He's> t- <laughs> uh, and he does get assaulted at the other end of the bridge as well. <laughs> and Majima's just like, I'm done, and walks away. <laughs> oh, All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this with the worst thing to talk about. The incredibly sexual and weird perverted things in this game. We've been recording for like two hours and like 15 minutes. So uh, I'm going to try and run through this super quickly. So first things first, we got to talk about Mr. Libido. That dancing man uh, in, in the Odyssey actually approaches you later in the game when you leave the phone club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you walk out and this guy just gets your attention and Majima just turns and looks at him and he's writhing and dancing and he's all oily and he's wearing only underwear and he's like, hey man, it looks like, yeah, it it refers to him as a, as um, uh, a walking erection. That's what they name him. It's a walking (laughs) erection. And you're like, this guy's the embodiment of lust. This like like Majima's so enamored by this man who's just like grinding in oil. And like he looks like he's covered in oil and he's got like whitey tidies on and he's just fucking writhing while he's talking to you and he's like touching his body and he's like, it looks like you and I are one of a kind, like are the birds of the birds same, of fe- yeah, birds of a feather. And Majin was like, I'm nothing like you, man. And he's like, well, I saw you at the hostess club. I saw you coming out of the telephone booth. I feel you, man. I gotta, I gotta like, just three times isn't enough for me. I go place to place. And it's like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? And this is where you are, uh, mis- this guy, you find out his name is Mr. Libido, uh, and he tells you about the Gandara video store, um, which uh, I had already discovered at this point in the game because I was doing a lot of exploration and I've played the game before, so I was like, I wonder if it's unlocked this early. Um, this is a store where you walk in, you pay 4,000 yen, and you watch softcore porn. Ooh. Oof. That, and it's real life. 
It's not yeah. video. It's yeah, real this is, videos. This is, yeah. Now, so you go in. Turns out the clerk has a friendship meter and a quest assigned with him. So if you want to do all the side stories, you better go here a lot because his friendship <laughs> meter moves very, very slowly. Oh, God. So so the which is very funny that they made this one move super slowly. So you have to go in here a lot to do it. Um, uh yeah, so you find this out from Mr. Libido, and he's like, you'll see me around town, and he's just, like, fucking rubbing himself and just... I can give you all the good... Yeah, I can give you all the There's good recommendations. Like or, like, or it's like, if you have any recommendations of hotties walking around, uh, let me know. And it's like, get away from me, you weirdo. Um, put some pants on. Put some fucking <laughs> pants on, man. Yeah. Um, so you go to the Gandara video store, if you haven't been before, and you walk in, and there's, like... Porn covers, like the video covers all over the walls. And this guy's just like, hello, sir. How can I help you? It's 4,000 to watch a video. And you're like, sure. And you go in here and it's a little CRTV in a tiny little room, much like the telephone booth room with some tissues off to the side and a metal folding chair that you sit down in. And uh, and you get a selection of question marks unlockable girls to watch videos of and I'll tell you right now all the girls that you get to watch videos of are girls in the story and when, in the story when you interact with them is when you unlock them in oh the, the video story, shut up which makes I, it no. so much worse I thought it was all the calling cards stuff. the calling cards are also of those same girls which are collectible calling cards that are of girls in scantily clad. They're uh, much like if anyone's played Mafia Two, uh, there's there was collectible Playboy magazines in that game, and they were actually the like centerfolds. It was wild. I couldn't believe they had that in the video game. It was like straight up nudity in those. If you haven't played Mafia Two, that was in that. Um, but in this one, there's collectible cards all over the world just, like, for you to explore and find. And they're of, like, scantily clad women. And they are A, B, and C cards. And they get progressively more scantily clad, A, B, to C. I think it's to C. It may just be A and B. I can't remember. No, they're, they're packs of three. This, the, it's the, packs of three. Weirdo NPCs are, are looking for. I only want to see the, the full set. That's what they keep saying. Oh, yeah. I've never – I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, yeah. There's So there's – there's a guy for each, for Kiryu and for Majima, who um, I forget where they are in the world, but they want to see the the telephone cards. Oh, but they really? only want to see the full set. So if you talk to them and you don't have a full set, they're like, no, I only want to see the full set. Oh, so they just want you to collect You even them. bring up, yeah, they, they bring up the fact that your, your character at the time brings up the fact, like, well, why don't you just find them yourself? And they're like, no, I, I want to see other people's. And I've already got all mine. I want to see what you have. Like that's that's collectible cards of these ladies. Well, it, but it, but it turns out these these uh, the videos in this store and these calling cards are are women you interact with in the game. So um, the girl you went on the date with from the telephone club, she has a video. If you if you paid attention to her name, and you go to the video club. There's one under her name, and that actress looks a lot like the model. They modeled those characters after the girls. Um, the cult, the weird. cult one, where you get the girl out of the cult. Guess what? That girl that was in the cult, she has one too. All the side stories that have the girls in them, and any time it's not like a major plot character, like the the Makamura, the blind girl, she does not have one. 
um, that I know of anyways, I haven't seen it in there. Uh, but like all of these side stories, like of these girls, you, they get videos, uh, and they have balloons in them a lot of the time. Like a lot of them have balloons in them. It's very weird. It's like they're in like bikinis, very scantily clad. And it's like softcore porn music. And they're just like posing and doing like quote unquote, like sexy poses. And like, sometimes they have balloons that they're holding, like rubbing against their body in a sexual manner. It's very weird. And it's like uncomfortable to watch. And if you watch it, your heat meter fills up. Oh, all the way to the third level. You you walk in, you watch a video. It zooms in on the tissues after the video. And nice. you hear <laughs> and, and you hear like Majima, you hear Majima go <sighs> and your heat meter go whoop, like fills all the way up. And then like, you know, you can leave and the clerk's like, hey, how was the video? And you're like, fine, I guess. Like Majima even has that attitude about it. He's like, it was fine. Like, why would why would they talk to you though? Like why would the clerks? Because why? he has a friendship meter, and you end the up. Customer is king. Oh, the customer right? is king. <laughs> but like, so the friendship the friendship side story with the Gandara clerk is that he's seen so much porn that he can no longer get it up from anything. Sad. Like, he's so desensitized. Like he he says this to you after you've been there a bunch of times. He's like, you watch a lot of videos here. Let me know if you find anything else like out there, like other videos or sexy stuff, because I've watched all of this so much every day for my job. And I just I'm afraid that whenever I meet a real woman, I won't be able to get it up. And it's like, what? <laughs> this side story is bonkers. It's ridiculous. Oh, that is good. That is good. So uh, the more side stories you do. Uh, oh, and also the girl you went on the date with, uh, like for her, like for the father, she has a video uh, as well. Like literally like every single girl you come across in the game has a weird softcore porn video in that thing. And when you interact with them and finish their side quests or whatever, you unlock the video for it. So is that is that just like to sort of satiate the the waifu centric fan base that follows I, pretty much any sort of video game. You know, what's weird. Just, this is not in any of the other Yakuza games that I know of. It is j- only in Yakuza zero out of the three Yakuza games. I've played Yakuza zero, Yakuza one and Yakuza two. It is not in the other two. Sounds like we started with Bye. the best one. So Arinda, have you got, have you gone to this shop Arinda? Cause Troy, you haven't, right? You said you haven't. No. Okay, so have you gone to this place already? No, I haven't. Like, um, I I recommend you go there, uh, both of you, just to experience it I'm because right. it is something else. You've um, you've later, intrigued me. I yeah, I'm sure I have. Uh, uh. But yeah, <laughs> and then there's the collectible cards that match the girls as well. I found um, some of those, like, and I was like, yeah, I found a lot of them because I'm a. I'm obsessed with collectibles in games. Like if there's like world collectibles running around, like in Skyrim, I collected all the Nern root. Like I, Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot, uh, <laughs> like weird little collectibles like that. I get like a weird itch in my brain. Every time I find them, I'm like, Oh yeah, I found one. And this one is all like telephone cards and it's like baseball cards of ladies. 
it's it's weird. Um, so yeah, that is what I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's more weird pervy stuff that we haven't gotten to in this game yet. Like the telephone club that we did for a mission, that becomes a side quest. Like, like that's a side activity we can do later on. And it's almost as weird as the, um, as the video booth, but not quite. There is a weird CG, like scantily clad, sexy woman in the background of the whole mini game. It's very strange. Um, Anyways, that's all I have for this, ending it on such a high note. Ah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, it's a note. Do we do we have anything, any closing Iowa. statements? We're, we're way over on time. Uh, do we have any closing statements? Anybody? Justin? Oh, um. No? Mm, no? Uh, Shaking no, your head? No, nope. Really. Yeah. Uh, Arinda? Uh, nope. Nope. Wah, wah, wah. But wah, wah, wah. Uh, <laughs> she did it. Uh, Troy, do you uh, have anything? Nothing, nothing for me. All right. Uh, do we have anything to plug uh, that we want to uh, plug? Uh, any 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 recommendations or anything? Our, our Twitter. Uh, I'm going to go. So stoked that we have our, Twitter. I already shared yeah, it. Yeah, we have a and Twitter. Our we should, yeah, the, the, we have a Discord as well. We have a Discord. Uh, I'm still setting it up. It's not really like a thing, really. Uh, but if. Okay. If you are interested in joining the Discord, follow us at ETG Podcast on Twitter. Uh, if you if you send a DM or you or you like uh, put something on there, I will send you a link to the Discord, and you can throw stuff in the discussion topics, recommendations. Uh, I'm working on getting us an email. I had an email, but I have to change the name of it, so that's a whole thing. Uh, it, it was Yakuza Podcast at gmail.com which is still technically active so if you have any listener questions or anything like that feel free to talk to us on twitter or on a gmail uh you can find me personally on twitter at brody nelson which is b-r-o-d-e-y underscore nelson n-e-l-s-o-n um justin is there any way to contact you currently or are you wanting to recommend anything to our listener Hmm. Uh, nah, not no. much different from the last week. It's just kind of the general cool. consumption uh, media and things. Yeah, totally. Uh, Troy? Uh, nothing huge. Um, just that if you ever want to message me, uh, I also have a Twitter. Uh, it is at GeneZaraki94, G-I-N-Z-A-R-A-K-I-94. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, don't forget to plug your Twitch. My Twitch is twitch.tv slash Leica, L-I-K-E-U-H-H. And your Twitch, Troy? Uh, is twitch.tv uh, uh, Ginzaraki again. Uh, no, oh, without the 94. Without the 94. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, Arinda, is there anything that you want to recommend or plug? Um, the, the same thing as last week, too. Like, what's good games? It's a good podcast. I uh, I like it, and I have a Twitter. It's not really that popping now. It's at Arenda O R E N D U and three H's. Three H's. Three of them. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and I did want to uh, make a note before we end the podcast. We are recording in some pretty. Um, fragile times right now. There's a lot of protests going around around. Oh. There's a lot of protests happening around America. Minneapolis is kind of what kicked it off. 
Uh, I just wanted to say uh, Black Lives Matter, ACAB, uh, if you can support uh, your local protests or the protests in Minneapolis in any way that you can, I'm going to go ahead and say support that. Uh, uh, Black Lives Matter has uh, donations that you can do on their website. Uh, There's donations for bail funds for almost every single one of the cities going around. If you just look up um, uh, the, like the, just look up bail funds for that and you can find those. Um, yeah, just do everything you can. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty rough out there right now. And, um, you know, that's, that's an important stuff, but if that's everything, uh, then I'm going to cut it off here. Uh, thanks for listening. We will be back next week with chapter five and six of Yakuza Zero. So if you want to play along, uh, totally do that. And and uh, I guess we should sober them up with our fists. <laughs> <laughs> Ja, ich